We have the new product at InfoWarsLife.com, BioTrue Selenium. We've had so many requests over the years for selenium, and just recently, we were able to source a certified organic bioavailable selenium from mustard seed extract. When you take selenium in the body, it actually benefits the detoxification systems in your body. It helps balance the thyroid gland. It helps detoxify. Selenium is another one of those absolute must-haves. The highest concentration of selenium is in the thyroid gland, but it's actually used all over the body. As a matter of fact, there's 25 genes in the body that are directly dependent upon selenium. So it really is a all-around nutrient that everybody really needs. I'm taking it now every day. This is so key. BioTrue Selenium is the product, the best selenium that we could bring you. We believe it's the best out there at a very, very low price. Exclusively available at InfoWarsLife.com or by calling toll-free 888-253-3139. Now's your chance to get the last of the Resolution Radio Blood Teens. Only a few left available before we try to do a reorder. This has been a high-selling item, and we really appreciate everyone's support in getting this shirt and showing their pride as well as showing their heritage. Nothing counts more than blood. Get yours today from Resolution Radio. Only $25 plus $5 shipping and handling. It really helps the network improve, and you really get a great product to showcase what you truly believe in. Nothing counts more than blood. Only from Resolution Radio at ResolutionRDO.com. Send check, money order, or well-concealed cash to Sonny Thomas at P.O. Box 27, Springboro, Ohio, 45066. That's Sonny Thomas at P.O. Box 27, Springboro, Ohio, 45066. You're listening to Resolution Radio. ResolutionRDO.com You're listening to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is the Political Cesspool. The Political Cesspool, known across the South and worldwide, as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program. And here to guide you through the murky waters of the political cesspool is your host, James Edwards. transitioning from one special series to the next march around the world is over welcome now to tpc's coverage of confederate history month 2023 and we're kicking this off on the first day of the month no less live with a remote broadcast from south carolina where authors of the honorable cause of free south are on hand and have been on hand all day today for interviews and for book signings and we'll talk to a few of those contributors uh this evening as we kick off something we have done for the last 19 years on the radio i'm james edwards welcome to the program and i have been reading in recent weeks about the rebel yell i've read firsthand accounts from yankees who heard it talking about how it would send chills and shivers down their spine, that it was otherworldly. 
And this is something, of course, that the Confederate commanders insisted upon. They wanted them to yell like furies and drive them back to Washington. And it's something that we, I guess we got from our uh, Scots, uh, Scottish ancestors. But nevertheless, here at this live remote broadcast tonight in South Carolina, we have a packed house. I mean, people going back about as far as I can see. It's the biggest crowd we've had at any given point during one of our live broadcasts from this location. And I know that the blood of Confederate veterans is flowing through a lot of the veins that my eyes see tonight. And I want to give a rebel yell so loud, so loud, that our ancestors can hear it up in heaven tonight. Do you think we can do that? Let's see. I want a rebel yell the best you can muster. One, two, three. They got it, ladies and gentlemen. Look at Dennis right there. That's right. My people, my people, you did it. You exceeded expectations. Give it up a big round of applause for all the Confederate veterans and the sons of Confederate veterans and all the people with rebel blood in their veins tonight. God bless you folks, and thank you for turning out uh, for tonight's live broadcast of TPC. Well, how do we follow that, Patrick Martin? I mean, how do you follow an intro to this month's special installment? That could top what we just heard. I don't know that you can. I think I just saw a bunch of Yankee transplants leave the state of South Carolina. <laughs> I think they heard it all the way up in downtown Greenville. May they hear it down in Atlanta, too, please, <laughs> Lord Jesus. Oh, my goodness. Well, I'll tell you, uh, we have done this. This is something we cut our teeth on. And, of course, people ask from time to time, why do we celebrate Confederate History Month on this show? Well, of course, it's because we're proud of our southern heritage and we hold in the highest regard our ancestors who fought to preserve the american way of life from 1861 to 1865 they were the last people who fought that way on this continent and never should their memory be besmirched they fought Amen. harder they sacrificed more than anybody that has come after them amen there's no question about it that is it, there's it's be very hard to even understand the kind of pain and suffering that they went through and the sacrifices they went Right now, we've got folks here in the United States that are not willing to take a stand for a statue because they're afraid that they might not be able to buy McDonald's this weekend for whatever reason, whatever economic reasons. These are people that actually lost their homes, lost their grounds, lost their farms, lost their families. That's, that's a very different level of courage that they had back then. Uh, right, it absolutely then. is. And we do our best to emulate that in the ways that we can. It certainly pales in comparison to the sacrifice of blood and bone that they offered. Uh, but we do what we can with what we've gotten and what the, the talents the Lord has given us, the opportunities that he's given us until perhaps another army is raised. And uh, who knows the way things are going, uh, how far off that might be. Maybe not as far as people may think. But... Uh, we will get into all of that. Uh, the Lord has blessed us this April. There are actually five Saturdays in the month of April. Now, of course, there's never more than four weeks in any given month, but we do have five Saturdays in April, which is a, a little bit of a, a novelty and a rarity, so we will have a little extra Confederate History Month coverage. But, Patrick, you're going to be with me for the first two hours in alternating segments. We've got a lot of people we want to talk to, including the beautiful and talented Rebecca Dillingham, who's sitting right here to our right flank. We've got the great and good Rich Hamblin here to our left. And um, So before you get off this first segment let's talk about exactly why we're here today brand new book it hard launched today the honorable That's cause right. a free south hard launched today uh, but it soft launched online a little bit more than a week ago what would you say to the reaction that this book has received so far it has been outstanding first of all i, I cannot say enough of how impressed i am with today at dixie republic 
there have been more people than I think we even originally imagined. But the book itself, since it was soft launched, has been in the top 15 of the national, has been the top 15 of the nationalist category in book sales for Amazon and has actually broke through the number 10 as of today. So we have been in the top 10 books, and we're competing against folks, by the way, who have David Hansen, uh, folks like uh, the Vivek Ramaswamy guy, I think that's his name. Um, so we've been competing against folks with millions of dollars, big publishing houses, and we're toe-to-toe -to -toe with them on Amazon, and it has been amazing. And the feedback has been great because we are getting folks that are coming to us and asking us deep questions. How, and the most important one is, how do I get involved? How do I help the South become a free and independent Dixie? It has been outstanding. Now, we're going to be talking with you about that very proposition. How realistic is it? Is it just a fever dream? How do we get there? A lot of that's in the book, but we'll learn a lot more first person with you tonight. But, uh, yes, indeed, uh, that has been the case. And uh, so sales have been brisk online. And then today it sold out. Uh, the, the books that were actually in stock here on location today sold out. And we had a pretty good long line of, of folks coming in to say hello. And it was great to see it. It was. Uh, anybody that would drive uh, to pick up a book and say hello, you know, certainly deserved uh, we had, uh, a nice salute. Yeah, we had folks come in from Virginia, uh, still here, by the way, folks from uh, Florida that drove up uh, overnight to go see us, Tennessee, all over the South. I mean, you Alabama. really can't. Yeah, Alabama. I mean, you really can't. Yeah, that kind of commitment for a book launch is just outstanding. And, this, again, this is not with millions of dollars in big publishing houses. This is us working together as a team to accomplish something as a group of 12 individuals who came together to write something that uh, was important enough for folks to give up their Saturday and drive this far to come see us. We've got about a minute remaining this first segment. Ladies and gentlemen, we're just kicking off Confederate History Month. This is our first show of the month. We've got five of them. First segment of the first show. We are just getting started. But, Patrick, uh, the book. We, now, we talked about this when you teased it, I believe, back in February. Uh, why now with this particular book and this particular message? Because you were the editor, you were the one who assembled the, the contributors, you were the one who put it all together. 2023 is going to be one of the most important years in Southern nationalist history. We've got to get our act together. 2024 is coming along, it's going to be a big election year, and I do believe that we're going to have a lot of disappointed people in the outcome of the presidential election. We need to be able to give them an alternative. That alternative has to be secession. That alternative has to be where we can turn to them and say, this is why this is failing. This, these United States are failing, but there is an alternative. It's a call to free South, and we need to be ready in 2023. We need to be building those building blocks right now so that by 2024, folks know that they have an alternative, and that alternative is us. Our alternative is a free South. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Patrick Martin. He is the editor of the brand-new book. He also contributed a chapter and the foreword as well. The Honorable Cause of Free South. It is available now at Amazon.com, and you'll be hearing more from Patrick as the night continues. Rebecca Dillingham on deck, and she'll be up next. Stay tuned. Big round of applause, everybody, for Patrick Martin. The Honorable Cause of Free South is a collection of 12 essays written by Southern Nationalist authors. The book explores topics such as what is the Southern nation, what is Southern nationalism, and how can we achieve a free and independent Dixie. The Honorable Cause answers questions on our own terms. The book invites readers to understand for themselves why a free and independent Dixie is both preferable and possible. The book pulls in some of the biggest producers of pro-South content, including James Edwards, the host and creator of The Political Cesspool, and Wilson Smith, author of Charlottesville Untold, Arkansas congressional candidate and activist Neil Kumar, 
host and creator of the Dissident Mama podcast, Rebecca Dillingham, author of A Walk in the Park, My Charlottesville Story, Identity Dixie's Patrick Martin, and yours truly, Michael Hill, founder and president of the League of the South, as well as several other authors. The Honorable Cause is available now at Amazon.com. True Passover versus Easter. The Catholic Church and most denominations follow the Jewish Passover. Here is the Jewish tradition. The Passover takes place 14 days after the new moon, after the equinox. But what does God say? In Isaiah 1 verse 14, quote, Your new moon feasts and your appointed festivals I hate with all my being, unquote. Now notice God's word versus Jewish tradition. Quote, In the first month, on the 14th day of the month, at twilight is the Lord's Passover, unquote. That's from Leviticus 23 verse 5. God's year begins on the spring equinox. Passover is always on the 14th day of God's year, the 14th day after the equinox. The Sunday after the Passover is Resurrection Sunday. None of this is about fertility, which is exactly what Easter is all about. Easter bunny and eggs, fertility rites are paganism. you folks uh of all the people we've interviewed over all these years rebecca dillingham has one of the most fun bios to read of anybody that's ever come on the show i love reading it so much i had to pull it up again even though she's no stranger to you by now uh rebecca dillingham who is also dissident mama you can find her at dissidentmama.net she's a truth warrior a jesus follower wife boy mom lifelong learner and co-founder of the ludwell orthodox fellowship She's an apologetics practitioner for Orthodox Christianity, the Southern tradition, homeschooling, and freedom. She's Virginian by birth, Carolinian by choice, recovering feminist, socialist, atheist, graduate of the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and retired mainstream journalist turned domesticated bell and rabble-rousing rhetorician. Did everybody pick up on all that? That's a tough one to read. That's a lot of words. <laughs> but I'll tell you another thing about Rebecca. She is adept at triggering leftists, Yankees, neocons, and globo homers, and she's going to bang as loudly as she can. She doesn't worship sacred cows. She eats them at dissidentmama.net. She's here with us right now. Let's hear it for Rebecca Dillingham. How you doing, Rebecca? Out of all the times we've had you on, first time live. Yes, thank you. Uh, I'm a little nervous, but I'll try my no best. No way. Juice. You said that the first time you were on, and you did so good. That was a couple, three years ago now. And it was like the Federal History Month appearance, I believe. Yeah, I think no so. Less. I've been Are on you, four or five times. That's right, at least, at least. And uh, only to grow, only to grow from here. So uh, you uh, contributed a chapter to this book that we're so excited about telling folks about. And uh, we have been rolling out the launch. Uh, by the way, Dr. Tomislav Sunich talking about last month's March Around the World uh, our good friend Tom Sunik just wrote a review of the book that was published by Dr. Kevin McDonald at the OccidentalObserver.net just yesterday. Just yesterday. Did you have a chance to read it yet? I have. I have. Patrick has read it. 
Have you taken a look at it yet? I uh, perused it, but I have not read it from beginning to <laughs> well, end. Well, it's very good. I know we have been here, and you've been traveling since it's been uh, published. And then, uh, of course, today you were very busy all day, uh, as everybody here has been. But it's very good, so check that out. But that's what I'm talking about. We're rolling out the launch of this thing, obviously, tonight. And uh, a lot of reviews and articles and interviews are forthcoming over the next few days. But let's talk about your chapter, Rebecca. Tell us the title of it and the theme that you wanted to drive home for the readers. I don't even remember the title. Because <laughs> I think it got changed. Um, sorry. My radio. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, again, uh, why should you know the title of your own chapter? I mean, I'll be honest. That was a tough I'm question. sorry. <laughs> well, tell us what it's about. Um, it is about the fact that the South needs unified a lot of unified things, but I would say it needs a unified faith and one that can't be wiggly and squishy and defined by everybody in their own way. And I think it's one um, one of the, it actually is the most important aspect that if we get faith right, any type of secession movement moving forward will have legs because political change is great. Um, you know, there can be lots of wins that occur, but they're not going to have staying power unless we have our faith right. So I am an Orthodox Christian, so, um, you know, I say in my chapter that I do want people to embrace Orthodoxy, but at the very least we have to have some kind of little O Orthodoxy to um, really be a nation, because that's one of the defining factors of nationhood is people share a faith and not different kinds of faith and lots of pluralism and everybody can do what they want to do. Well, that's exactly that's right, because the faith roots you in something eternal. You you are attached to things more than if you're a rootless cosmopolitan, as they like to call it, or just a vapid consumer or something like that. You need a faith in something eternal uh, that can bridge you to your past and your present and your future. And uh, that's, of course, what Christianity has been for our people, not just here in the South, but I think especially in the South now in, 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 in current times, but, of course, going back uh, to, to Europe, which was also known as Christendom uh, for, you know, many uh, centuries now but do you think rebecca that the conditions and this is something i'll be talking with patrick about in the next segment do you think that conditions are becoming more favorable for people to seriously consider secession as not just an alternative but the preferable outcome for themselves and their families yes i think uh current times are necessitating a lot of um changes for the good you know um would i be even an orthodox christian if um uh Protestantism had not been spiritually abusive to my family. Um, yes, no, that's good. Yeah, feel that's how we became friends is because we bonded on that uh, issue. That um, we bonded on that issue. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that everybody can see that this thing called America isn't working out too well. So, people are looking to secession more than ever. Well, we have talked about this. Uh, I know it's been mentioned on the program at least a couple of times, but this is the latest Rasmussen poll from just in February, so just a, a few weeks ago now. 47% of Republican voters say, and these are the ones that are being honest with the pollster, keep in mind, that they support a, a national divorce. And as I like to say, this wasn't me and you and Patrick calling up 100 random numbers uh, on the telephone and saying we just conducted a poll and 47% said they want uh, secession. Now, this was a Rasmussen poll. This is a respected, you know, establishment mainstream polling agency. And so, as Brad Griffin wrote at Occidental Descent, 
you know, whether it's support for ending the war in Ukraine or opposing anti-whiteism and the Great Replacement or even desiring a national divorce, which is, of course, a euphemism for secession or independence or whatever you need to call it to wrap your mind around this being the, the thing that needs to happen. Our so-called extremist views are rapidly going mainstream. You're talking 47 percent of Republicans. That's that's tens of millions of people that, that, that you have to work with here. And so, you know, still we wait for the leader that uh, will take the message to the people and find that sweet spot where timing and circumstance intersect. But I think that there's at least a favorability there, and the conditions are getting to the point now where people will listen to that. Now, Brad's so confident in it that he says in light of this uh, public level of support, people should start running for state office on a secessionist platform. But um, uh, as I told Patrick last night, and as I said in a talk in Dallas last week, I don't want to make America great again. I, I want to leave it behind, and I want to learn from its mistakes, because obviously there is no future for our people, and, and by that I mean white Christian people, especially white Christian Southerners, uh, in, this, uh, in this union. And there can be no union among people who have nothing in common. So secession is going to be our salvation, and we will either secede and we will either break away uh, or we will, we will go down and we will die. And, and now they are not only actively killing us as we saw in nashville uh they're mocking our dead uh, and it has gotten to that point now right it's become so extreme that the people who have been comfortable you know we call them normies but they've been so comfortable that i went to a secession conference in 2018 and you know conservative people that i knew homeschool moms looked at me like i had two heads well now they use the word secession in everyday conversation too because they understand how um how tragic things have become and how extreme they've become and how much um, on any issue you look at, um, people don't have autonomy, people don't have a choice, and we are constantly painted into a corner. And um, it's like I tell my friends that come to me and want me to give them like inside baseball stuff on politics. And I say, do you want the long story? The short gist of is it of it is they hate you and want you dead. And that's kind of what it is on any topic my friends bring to me is, well, you know, I can give you all the sordid details and tell you the names, but at the end of it, they hate you and want you dead. So that's uh, <laughs> that's the takeaway, and I think most people um, realize that. Well, we've got the title of your chapter now, and you open it with a quote from the very venerable Southern historian, former University of South Carolina professor, Dr. Clyde Wilson, whose daughter was also a contributing author to this book and who was here today for the book signing, Ann Wilson-Smith. Dear great lady, uh, everybody out there, big round of applause. She's not here now, but for Ann Wilson-Smith. Great to sit with you and her and Patrick at the table today. But uh, what, what did it mean to be asked to contribute to this book? We have about a minute remaining. And you can tell us the name of the chapter now. Okay, it is called, Is the Orthodox Faith the Solution? Building Upon a Southern Ethnos Through True Faith. So um, the editor changed it on me, so that's why. That's why you didn't know. Well, okay, <laughs> see, that's why. That's, that's a reasonable. Uh, uh, he made it better. He made it better, but it stumped me. Um, and what was the question, James? Uh, to be asked to contribute to this, I know I, 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 got a, uh, I was tickled to read, and I retweeted it. I'm a published author now as you sent to your following there on Twitter, and uh, I was excited about it, too. So uh, your, your thoughts about being included in this? And Well, it was an honor uh, to be uh, among such esteemed company and, yes, to be published, but uh, I think... Uh
pursuing liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News. I'm Jerry Barnash. The death toll from a rash of tornadoes on Friday is rising to at least 22. This comes after four people died in structural collapses in Illinois. At least five people died in Arkansas from the storms. But Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders is proud of how her state is coming together. From a uh, city, a county, a state, and a federal perspective, I would say that everyone is working uh, in total lockstep. Along with downed trees and power lines, many homes or businesses were heavily damaged or destroyed. Former Florida Governor Jeb Bush is calling the indictment of former President Donald Trump, quote, very political. Trump is expected to be arraigned in Manhattan on Tuesday, but Bush tweeted it is, quote, not a matter of justice. Stormy Daniels says the indictment is poetic, but bittersweet. Influencer Andrew Tate is being released from jail and placed on house arrest in Romania. Tate and his brother Tristan remain under investigation for alleged human trafficking claims. He and his brother have been in custody since December on suspicion of trafficking, rape, and forming an organized crime group. Millions of Americans are at risk of losing Medicaid coverage. The reality will hit home first for residents in Arizona, Arkansas, Idaho, New Hampshire, and South Dakota. Those are the first five states that will begin dropping people from the Medicaid rolls as early as this month. Medicaid enrollment skyrocketed since March 2020. That's when lawmakers passed the Families First Coronavirus Response Act, which prevented states from involuntarily removing anyone from coverage. Fourteen more states will begin dropping people in May and 20 additional states in June. All states must complete their redeterminations of Medicaid eligibility over the next 14 months. I'm John Schaefer. Pope Francis is back at the Vatican after a short hospital stay for bronchitis. This is USA News. You've been working hard, doing the right thing, and paying your taxes, and putting your hard-earned money in the Medicare piggy bank all your life. And now it's time to break the piggy bank and get something back. Medicare. If you didn't know it, Medicare is health insurance for people over 65. And you've paid for it with your tax dollars. Medicare plans now have more benefits than ever. That's good news, especially if you're like me and looking forward to paying as little as possible for good health insurance. Call and find out what Medicare plan is best for you. Save your time. It's valuable. We've already done the research for you. And in one quick phone call, you can learn how to get the best Medicare plan designed exactly for you. Hey, it's one of the most important decisions in your life. Let us help you through it. Here's our number. Call 65 plus Medicare now. 800-778-8214. 800-778-8214. That's 800-778-8214. Welcome back to the live broadcast tonight. We got so carried away and so excited by uh, Rebecca's appearance that we ran right into the wall of the commercial break, and we just didn't stop talking. So if you're wondering why she got cut off abruptly, well, we were just 
not I was not paying attention. She was doing great. I was not paying attention. But what I was going to say before the end of her segment, be sure to check out DissidentMama.net. I am there constantly. She has a great interview series that she posts regularly, and I always love reading her writings about uh, what she's up to personally. She writes about her family, uh, of course, about things uh, uh, historical in nature, DissidentMama.net. Now, standing contributor to this brand new book, The Honorable Cause of Free South, available now at Amazon.com and in her own right as a commentator there, DissidentMama.net. Now, back with us is the editor of the book, uh, Patrick Martin. And, uh, Patrick, I just want to hold court here for just a second and kind of recap the wonderful conversation that I thought that you and I had at supper last night. And yes. I said I said last night, I said, this is something we need to try to condense for a segment on the radio. And with regards to the question of secession or independence or national divorce whatever you want to call it we must have that uh i i think that that's the only responsible healthy moral choice for our people going forward if you care about your children you care about your future progeny you have got to get away from what the united states has become i mean perhaps we could have said that for decades now but i think now more than ever and i think in the last month it has crystallized in such a way that it is it should be readily apparent and just obvious to everybody. And I'll just give you a couple of examples of things that have happened just in the, since our last our last show. Yeah. Our last show. You had the situation in Nashville, the terrible act of terrorism uh, by a so-called transgendered. I don't believe that people are transgendered. I believe that there are people that are mentally ill. Of course, homosexuality itself used to be called by the American Psychiatric Association a mental illness, much less so-called transgenderism. And then, of course, they still are. They're just no longer officially listed by the APA because political correctness took care of that. But you have the situation in Nashville. And by the way, you would have had that in Uganda. Let that sink in for a moment. You would not have had that in Uganda. They, they are advanced and superior to us in that respect. Uh, Nick Griffin, uh, a friend of ours who also appeared during our March Around the World series last week, former member of European Parliament, said that the BBC was covering the situation in Nashville at length and not one mention of the ideology of the shooter. Uh, NBC, for instance, the headline reads, Fear Pervades Tennessee's Transgendered Community. And then I would say that, and they pivot, of course, to guns because they can't hang it on a Dylan Roof type of situation where they can hang it on race or ideology, so they're going to pivot to guns. Americans have always been armed. Guns are not the problem. There were no routine mass shootings when we had a homogenous, high-trust society. Diversity, multiculturalism, and mental illness like this have ruined our peace and tranquility. Uh, I like to what Jason Kessler said, also a guest on our series last month. What the media is doing to white Christians right now is definitely uncharted territory. Could you imagine, and I hate to use this example because everybody's a neo-Nazi now. You voted for Trump, you're a neo-Nazi. But uh, Jason writes, could you imagine if a neo-Nazi shot up a Jewish children's school and the media were all writing articles about how scared and marginalized the neo-Nazis are? Um, and now we mentioned 47% of Republicans now in favor of national divorce. I think that these situations have to exacerbate that. Anti-white terrorism and threats of violence are surging. You had the White House press secretary, quote, our hearts go out to the trans community as they are under attack right now. A great Christian commentator by the name of Eric Kahn wrote, the regime hates you and everything you love. Uh, that's obviously true. Uh, also, Jason Kessler, the left is going straight up medieval on conservatives. Your king is under arrest. We haven't even gotten to the Trump indictment that just got handed down in the last week. Your king is under arrest. Your kids are murdered while they laugh. And, uh, of course, that is where we are. A transgender terrorist murdered six Christians last week. The media is refusing to release its manifesto. Trump has now been indicted, and, which I think could be a good thing. 
uh, perhaps he'll never have been more useful than he is now as as martyr Trump. But uh, we'll see where it goes. But it, and, and then the media and Hollywood people like Madonna, Madonna going to Nashville at the site of this terrorist act and raising money for the people who share the shooter's ideology. Uh, Madonna announces rights, uh, a Nashville show benefiting transgendered rights. Uh, this must be the first time in history a fundraiser was held supporting a mass shooter rather than the victims. Jefferson Davis once said, our president, the principle for which we contend is bound to reassert itself, though it may be at another time and in another form. Is that time now, Patrick? It is. It is. I think the biggest problem we have right now, honestly, is that these transgender types and everything else, they don't fear us. It's time for us to make them fear us. It's time for us to make us, to us make them afraid of what we can do. And we are building a movement right now because they are giving us the fuel to build that movement. When you kill our children, you better be afraid to kill Christian children. You, we better create a society where you cannot go raise money on behalf of an ideology predicated on the idea that you that gender is mutable, that God is wrong, and that you can kill our children at will. At what point in time do we build a fear in them? And the only way we build a fear in them is we build a this this nation state, the southern nation state that carves out its own identity, its own people, and decides for itself where its government should be. And I promise you that in a free South, there's no way some gender freak, some homosexual, is going to go and shoot up a bunch of Christian children's and get away with it. It won't happen. Now, there's nobody going to be apologizing for them in a free South, and we need to be able to establish that. It's, now is the time to carve out a future for our own people. It is very clear that when you have a media out of New York, when you have a media out of Hollywood that are apologists for this kind of creature, this terrorist creature, when you have people that go out and sing songs to make money for these creatures, those are not our people. Those are people that don't share our values. They do not share our traditions. They don't share our history, our culture. They don't share that. It's time for us to begin standing up and fighting. And the only way we fight with this is we begin to identify who we are, we unify around cause, and that cause has got to be a free and independent Dixie. That is where we need to start. And what you're talking about in terms of, of fear and, uh, and, and consequences, certainly not vigilantism, but that there will Correct. be repercussions. There will be repercussions. We're not going to go out and start shooting everybody that identifies this way, but uh, obviously, and right. to advocate or entertain anything like that is, is something that we've always been against. But there has to be consequences in so much as this will not be tolerated. There will be consequences. This will not be welcomed here. There has to be a righteous intolerance. You, the people treat the word intolerance as if it's a bad thing. It is a very healthy thing. It's, it's, it's our natural defense system to things that would be harmful for our people and our way of life. We have to have a righteous intolerance for evil. Yeah, and, that's, and when you think about it, so what is the one rule they say? You cannot have mental illness and buy a gun. Now, if this person who was seeing a right therapist, point. right, was seeing a therapist for her gender dysphoria, went out and bought a gun because that therapist did not report the fact that this freak, and that's what she is or was, uh, wound up, they did not go out there and report her. So she was able to buy guns legally. Well, what kind of consequence do we have in a society where we don't call freak a freak, where we don't have any kind of, where we have these tolerance for behaviors that are clearly demonic? That's, that is not the Southern way. That is not a Christian way. Well, I'll tell you uh, something else that isn't Christian. The Wayne State University professor up in Michigan, um, Steve Shaviro, said, and I quote, 
I think it is far more admirable to kill a racist, a homophobe, or a transphobe person than it is to shout them down. Uh, to which Kevin McDonald responded, when shouting down conservatives fails, there's always murder. This is the side of anarchy and violence and terrorism. But when they do it, it is excused. It is excused they are raised money for. I mean, this person, is he going to be on a hate list by the ADL, the SPLC? I don't think so. Uh, but this is it. They are calling for our death. And by the way, when they say racist, when they say white supremacist, they mean white person. They, they mean a white person, but they especially mean a white Trump voter. It doesn't mean, I, I know I'm speaking to the crier in this place and on this program, racist, white supremacist, neo-Nazi, that means Trump voter now. And that's who they mean, and that's who they intend to kill, and that's who this guy wants to murder. If you are not a self-loathing white person, you are their enemy. We have raised generations of Americans in general to avoid any kind of label of so-called fascist. Well, when we do that and we make apologies for Bolshevism and communism and Marxism, we essentially make it easier for these professors to make these kind of outlandish claims. And now the, the definition of being a so-called fascist is simply a white person who does not want to see his culture wiped off the face of the earth? I gotta say this because we're coming up on a break, and I hope I can hear it this time. I got my my headset uh, potted up pretty pretty loud. But th the left has never apologized. Agreed. If they commit an act of terrorism, they close ranks and they defend the shooter and its ideology. The SPLC didn't apologize for having a staff attorney. Uh, being uh, arrested and charged with domestic terrorism, they blamed the people who arrested him. Uh, the, you know, there were two insurrections that were held in the, in the last week in Nashville, and in Kentucky at the state houses in Tennessee and Kentucky. And I'll tell you about that when we come back with Patrick Martin, editor of the new book. You gotta have it. You gotta have it. The honorable cause of free south. We'll be right back. Big round of applause for Patrick again, everybody. Hi, TPC family. This is your host, James Edwards. Our friends at American Free Press have a special offer for listeners of this radio program. Subscribe to American Free Press today using coupon code TPC for half off the regular price. AFP is America's last real newspaper. Against all odds, AFP has and continues to publish a populist independent print newspaper with an unparalleled track record. Founded by a dedicated group of experienced patriots, AFP pulls no punches and tackles the most controversial and pressing issues from an America First perspective. Subscribe today for one year at just $29. That's half off the regular price. And receive a free copy of AFP's recently published report on George Soros, a $15 value. Visit AmericanFreePress.net today, coupon code TPC. Subscribe now at AmericanFreePress.net, coupon code TPC. Have you ever had great honey? No, I mean really good, all-natural, raw honey? Well, now you can, thanks to LocalHoneyMan.com. We can ship out our locally made honey all across the U.S. So don't worry, you won't miss out. Plus, Local Honey Man has so many different flavors, like Utah Wildflower, High Desert Delight, Happy Valley, and Blackberry, just to name a few. So purchase your delicious raw honey today at LocalHoneyMan.com. 
Do you treasure your liberty? Well, at LovingLiberty.net, we most certainly do. And we want to help protect your liberty, too. Become part of the family. Everyone knows that the core of any society is the family. Therefore, the government should foster and protect the integrity of its family. We the people. Won't you join us as a Loving Liberty sponsor to help us promote the principles in the 5,000-year leap? Let's restore the miracle that changed the world at LovingLiberty.net. Welcome back, everybody. First segment of the first hour of the first week of Confederate History Month uh, Series 2023 here on TPC. I'm James Edwards. You've heard uh, so far uh, tonight and this hour from Patrick Martin and Rebecca Dillingham, both uh, co-authors of the brand new book, The Honorable Cause, A Free South. Get it tonight on Amazon.com. Now, I know right now we're sort of kicking off this series talking about more contemporary issues, not about uh, things of uh, more historical in nature, which we typically do on Confederate History Month, and which we certainly will as this month continues to play itself out. We are going to remember the heroes of the South during those war years and um, so many more stories. Uh, but right now, we are talking about why the cause that they have fought for ought to be our cause again. And we were talking just before the break and during the break as well about the insurrections. That's what they called it on January 6th. We'll call it that. At the state houses in Tennessee and Kentucky, at least. We've heard that there's been it's happened in some other states as well. Over so-called transgendered rights. So a transgendered person or a person who identifies as being a transgender goes in and murders in cold blood, six white Christians, and of course the people who take issue with that are the real bad guys. Do you criticize transgender? You're the bad guy. So now all of these people who are in favor of this ideology, if you've seen the footage, and it's all over social media, they have stormed the state capitol building in Nashville and the state capitol building in Kentucky. And uh, you, do you know how the media covered that? Totally different than January 6th. They said, in January 6th, that was the threat to democracy. These people who were really just sort of milling around for the most part, taking a tour, they said that is a threat to the democracy, the biggest threat to democracy we've had since the what they call the Civil War. When their people did it this week in Kentucky and in Tennessee and elsewhere, they said this is what democracy looks like. We need to see this every day. And that just goes to show, I think that example and that example alone just goes to show that there is no honesty, there is no good in our enemy and those who have this opposing ideology. If I could read that, one of the three adults was a, uh, at where? In Nashville. Oh, oh, what, that, you're correct. You are correct. You are correct. Thank you. Yes, one of the victims in Nashville was, uh, was a black gentleman, correct? Okay. So. What's that? Is that is that true? Yeah. 
His name is Mike Hill. Okay. Dr. Hill will be interested here. <laughs> well, that's a terrible thing, and our heart goes out to him and his family as well. I thought that they were all white. Uh, not that that matters. I mean, they were targeted for being Christians in this uh, particular case. But, um, I mean, it doesn't not matter. It does matter. But it, we want to be, be right on the facts. In uh, any event, uh, there's no good, no honesty in these people. See, we just corrected an error that I had made, and that's the, the way we do things around here. Uh, they're not operating in good faith. And, again, I don't see how you can have a union with that. But, Rebecca, you made an interesting comment about, uh, about this, the, this, the, the so-called uh, woke storming these state capitals. The media giving them cover. It's a good thing when they do it. It's bad. Yeah, they're sweating that. It's a bad thing when they do it. What was the comment you made during the break about that? Well, um, after Dylan Roof uh, shot up the AME church in uh, South Carolina, we had to sacrifice the Confederate battle flag on the altar of political correctness. Well, why are we not doing the same for the trans flag or the rainbow flag at the very least, or one of their many? That's a great point. That's a great observation. Right. Right. And then another thing, uh, one of the things they talked about in the lead up to this, when um, state houses in some states were saying, you know, we're not going to pay for genital mutilation of children, et cetera, et cetera. And that's what they're supposedly rallying for. That's what they're supposedly storming the state capitals for is because these states are passing laws to prevent that from happening. Right. And of course, (laughs) Andy No who himself is a gay journalist uh, out in the Pacific Northwest, a very honest one, he disproved that. It is a complete lie. And, um, you know, if if you're mean to trans people, they say, well, you know, uh, they're going to harm themselves. And there is an over 40% suicide rate for trans. And that's not because we treat them mean. It's because of what you said originally. They try to define their happiness through surgeries and Lupron and sexual deviancy, and they need to get right with God. And it's not about happiness, you know. Happiness is fleeting. When, they're not, when they don't have a foundation, they're going to be sad. And I, I wish if we had an honest media, which of course we don't, that there would be some investigative journalism on how many people go through this process of mutilating their genitals to the point where they can never have a family, how many of them are happy with that decision five years out, ten years out, one year out? Uh, I, I would like to know. I bet people might be shocked to, to find out uh, what, well, what those are. Well, there are people who are put themselves out there publicly who regret it immensely. And what do they say? Why did nobody try to stop me? Well, these Why? doctors should have uh, their license not- revoked. They yeah. should be imprisoned. I mean, this is robbing a person of their femininity or their masculinity, their ability to procreate, which is, I think, at the root of a lot of why the media is pushing this. Uh, that's another thing. But uh, just just very quickly on this, and it goes back to why people need to be entertaining the idea of a separation from the system. I can't just say it's the government because it's not as if the government is inherently better if a Republican is in there. I mean, if Trump was in there, we would still need a separation from this system, the judicial system, the, the media system, the uh, academic system, uh, and so on. All of the institutions of power we need to separate from, and that includes, of course, the federal government, but, but not just the federal government. It's not just because of who's currently in, you know, the, the current puppets that are occupying these seats. We need, a, we need to disinvest from the entire system. Uh, but, but, but while we're on the talk of, topic of so-called transgendered, uh, you had uh, the Jewish commentator David Pakman who said that uh, if these Christians had just prayed a little harder, this wouldn't have happened, mocking our dead, and then something about they cry out as they strike you. They, um, people began to take issue with his comment, and he said he'd, he'd, his family is suffering anti-Semitic attacks. So he's the, he's the victim. They are never wrong. They never apologize. They are always the victim, even when they kill you or mock your dead. And Joe Biden this week said that 
list wrote an official proclamation or his handlers did and you know he's he's just the president he's not calling the shots but he's the one who put it out there was an official proclamation in which joe biden was quoted as saying transgender people shape our nation's soul well if that's the case that is another reason why if you love your children and if you love your faith and if you love your history we have and it's look the transgender issue this is another fad this is just the latest radical egalitarian movement they're all bad uh, we focus on this, but it's that and so much more. It's not just this issue. It's not it's just because this is the the current media interest du jour that uh, why we're saying we need a separation. But this this is a, a, a pretty interesting catalyst. Uh, but uh, one more thing, and I'll turn it over to you, Patrick. Ricky Vaughn, uh, the guy who put out the thing where if you you can you could text your vote to vote for Hillary, he's facing now ten years in jail. Uh, this uh, at the same time. A black man who raped girls aged four through nine years of age is was sentenced to 180 days. So this is this is our this is this is this system. This is this country, and we need something better. There is no reforming these United States. There is no way we're going to reform this government. This is one of the things that really needs to be hit home and often. We have nothing in common with people in places like Minnesota or New York State where they are passing laws that will allow children to bypass their parents to go get their quote-unquote gender-affirming care. And yet we in the South are passing laws that are limiting or restricting these so-called gender-affirming care. You asked a few moments ago what are the, the statistics on those who regret their choices. In the U.K. there was a study that came out a few years ago, and it was actually banned and the study came out and said that eight out of nine so-called transgenders who made a transition prior to the age of 18 regretted it by the time they were 21 years old. Eight out of nine. That has been the catalyst for many of these new laws restricting this stuff. You cannot talk people in Minnesota or Washington State, maybe the folks in the eastern side, maybe the folks in the rural side, but they are passing laws up there that are absolutely antithetical to our values down here. There is going to be no national conciliation with people like that. It will not happen. It is time for us to understand that the only way we have forward, the only path we have forward is secession. It's carving out our own country, our own nation state, predicated on our own ideals and our own ethnicity. And if Donald Trump's arrest or his indictment and I guess they're going to book him. He's going to do the perp walk. He's going to get a mugshot. I, I guess that's what I hear. If that can further, I've said this before, but it's it's worth repeating. If that can further widen the political divide, that is a good thing for us. People have to know what we already know, what we've known for years, that there is no reforming this system. But if enough people begin to believe that, if they know it in their heart, then they they just await the the event, whether it's an economic collapse, whatever happens. You got there's so many things that could happen. And and we'll talk with you about that in the next hour, Patrick. You're you, you laid out for me a hypothetical scenario that sort of revolves around the Trump indictment that that could be a, a way it could go. And I'm not saying that it's likely or probable, but it's an interesting sort of thought experiment. Uh, and we'll get into that in the next hour as, as this all continues. But people are going to have to come to realize it. And now with this the Trump indictment, the situation uh, with Russia and us antagonizing a nuclear war, the only thing holding our this, the people in this country together, there is not one people. There are many different nations living in this continent now, on this continent now, that are separated into two blocks, the, the, the blue and the red. 
But the only thing holding them together with any sort of semblance of, uh, of cohesiveness is a very tepid economy. And uh, so you could have an economic collapse, the Trump arrest and, and prosecution and potential imprisonment, the situation with Russia, you name it, a lot could happen. And while all of that's potentially happening, you have critical race theory, gender mutilation, the so-called trans movement of to take your children and, and turn them into this and everything else that's happened in the last couple of years, the nonstop orgy of violence from BLM and Antifa after George Floyd and the, the taking down of the monuments. People are seeing it now more than I think they ever have in my lifetime. we got about 30 seconds left. Do you agree with that? I totally agree. And they literally cry out while they strike us. They are the ones who are literally doing it, and they're striking us often. Uh, and that's and hey, we, need, we need to respond. I've never interviewed anybody that's called a domestic terrorism charge. I don't think the SPLC can say that. Uh, we've never interviewed anybody that's committed an act of murder or advocated for right. an act of murder. So, yeah, but uh, but listen, they won't apologize for that. They'll move through that. Hypocrisies and double standards never trip them up. Our people have got to understand they're not dealing in good faith, and you cannot deal with a person who's not dealing in good faith. Amen. That's the first hour, everybody. we got two more to go. Thank you for being here. We'll be right back. You've made a serious investment in protecting yourself and your family. You've purchased the gun, the ammunition, the training, and even secured a license to carry in your state. You know the Constitution and don't believe you should have to pay for a right that you already have, as written in the Second Amendment, but you are law-abiding. Now you are considering the legal defense options you should have if you ever have to use a firearm. Self-Defense Fund is a comprehensive litigation membership backing you on appeals, legal expenses, court costs, and more up to $1 million per incident and unlimited attorney costs per member. Discover selfdefensefund.com for yourself. Any weapon, any state, any time. You're listening to the Political Cesspool on ResolutionRDO.com. Call and listen now at 607-203-5423. That's 607-203-5423. What would your life be like if you woke up each morning with new vitality, feeling better than you have in years, and you noticed a difference in your sleeping patterns, blood sugar levels, and had a sense of well-being overall? There's something that is changing thousands of people's lives, and you could be one of them. It's called Heart and Body Extract. Sharon Harris, co-creator of Heart and Body Extract, talks about the positive effects of Heart and Body Extract. What happens with the formula Heart and Body Extract is it's giving the body the necessary vitamins, minerals, amino acids, enzymes, and phytonutrients so so the body will heal itself. And yes, the body does have the ability to balance blood pressure, balance cholesterol, clean and unclog the arteries. It can also work on uh, balancing the circulation for diabetics. So the body is an amazing thing. It simply needs some help so it has the tools to heal itself. Heart and body extract gets results. To order your two-month supply, call now, toll-free at 866-295-5305. Order online at hbextract.com. You're listening to Resolution Radio. 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 ResolutionRDO.com. You're listening to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this 
is the political cesspool. The political cesspool, known across the South and worldwide as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program. And here to guide you through the murky waters of the political cesspool is your host, James Edwards. We are a band of brothers and native to the soil. Fighting for our liberty with treasure, blood, and toil. And when our acts were threatened, the cry rose near and far. Hurrah for the money, the flag that bears a single star. Hurrah, hurrah, for civil rights, hurrah. Hurrah for the money, the flag that bears a single star. Welcome back, everybody. Hour number two is now upon us. We are live in South Carolina as we kick off Confederate History Month 2023. I could come with you with a couple of cliches right now. Pushovers get rolled. If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for everything and anything. And, and that's the thing, is it not, Rick Tyler? And by the way, anytime I'm at an event where Rick Tyler's at, I grab him and I say, you got to be on the show tonight because I always appreciate and value the commentary and the content and the perspective uh, that you give us here. It's always uh, so well-worded and powerful. Well, it can always be guaranteed that an event that you are uh, present <laughs> at doing a broadcast from is going to be so rich uh, with content and things to observe and analyze and ma render commentary on that it's really easy, James. Well, <laughs> I don't know about all that, but I appreciate it. And uh, any event, it's just in order to be a good person, in order to be a good, acceptable person in this degenerate society and culture of ours, you have to be nothing more or less than a cheerleader for the latest ideas of wokeism. And if you push back on it anyway, you're a hater, you're intolerant, there's no place for you in this, in this country. And my God, I mean, it's good people have to say no. I've heard that put somewhere in, in recent months. The most powerful word in the English language is no. And that's a word that our people are going to have to learn. And it's not done out of hatred or bitterness or jealousy or spite, but it has to be no. No, we're not going to go along with this. We are going to protect our families. We wish you well, but you're not going to, we, we, we're not going to give you a voice. We're not going to accommodate your sickness in, our, in, in any healthy society. And it should not be tolerated. Well, I would go one step further and say we shouldn't wish them well. We are not to bid them Godspeed, the Bible says. And, of course, getting back to our roots and our foundation is what this is really all about because the Scripture says, Woe unto them that call good evil and evil good. And you have to understand that there is a, a sadistic uh, component and characteristic to these people that they're not happy enough to get you to accept their perversion. Uh, acceptance is not good enough. They want you to actually endorse it. They want to force you to bow down at that altar. And until they get that, they will not be satisfied. I feel, though, uh, Rick, in a way that it was necessary when talking about the need for secession to just highlight just a, a couple of the things that have happened in the last few days in this country that is spiraling towards oblivion. There will be a balkanization here. There will be a breakup of, of these United States one way or another. And where we land on the end of it all, uh, we'll find out. But uh, the fact that that's coming uh, is, is inevitable. Uh, and I don't want to spend more time than is necessary on this program during Confederate History Month talking about all the heinous things that are happening in the world around us. 
The primary focus of this month is to celebrate the good and decent people of the South, God's people in the South, and our Southern forebears. What does Confederate History Month and your Confederate lineage mean to you, Rick? Well, I have to be a little bit negative again because, uh, James, I get extremely— You'll tell us the truth. No I get extremely angry. I get livid, in fact, with rage when I think about the unpunished crimes, the capital crimes that went on uh, in the name of you know this country against our Confederate ancestors. These, this is unfinished business as far as I'm concerned. I believe that there's no statute of limitations on murder. I believe that the mass murder that was perpetrated against our ancestors has to be redressed one way or another, and the truth must go forth. It must, must go forth with resounding clarity. Now, also, we need to be heartbroken for all of the devastated lives, not only then, you know, back in the, in the era of that horrific travesty, but also today, the ongoing, continuing uh, ripples in the pond that still emanate from the crimes that occurred under the so-called uh, auspices of the Civil War. Now, here at Dixie Republic, though, it's like stepping into a different dimension. It is like stepping into uh, something that is indescribable by today's terms. Try, because if anybody can do it, you're one of those eloquent wordsmiths that has the talent and ability to do it. What are the people who are not here tonight missing? What do you feel when you're amongst your people in a setting such as this where everybody's safe and everybody is sharing in fellowship and camaraderie with one another in good spirits and under God's authority? Well, the fellowship and camaraderie are so fantastic, but the foundation of truth, it, it is so prevalent here. It's uh, absolutely, you know, 360 degrees. You walk through the doorway. Well, really, even before well, you walk the through the doorway. You're the commercials that the— uh, it ends at the asphalt. This is God's country. That's right. The world and they, and, ends at the asphalt. And they say there are no strangers, just friends who haven't met yet. And that's what you feel like. And as this is your first you, time here. Did you feel that? Absolutely. But I had been listening to your excellent rendition of what goes on here and had been savoring the opportunity to be here for an occasion such as this. And now finding out that there are going to be more events upcoming in May, for instance, I'm planning on making this a regular stop. I brought my whole family, uh, those that you know are, are uh, under the roof, and everybody's loving it here today. Again, it's like stepping into, well, like stepping through a time warp, uh, back into a bygone era. And, of course, you're completely surrounded and inundated here by uh, iconography and by symbolism of the great Confederacy, uh, books uh, that resound with truth that are on the shelves, uh, all kinds of decor that somebody can uh, put in their home or in their business. And it's all done so beautifully with such a great aesthetic uh, that really, I mean, I can't think of a better store in the Babylonian corrupt world system uh, that, that could even begin to hold a candle to what we see here. Everything from the atmosphere to the ambiance. Obviously, we're doing a live broadcast right now, so the music's uh, turned down, but they've got music, the lighting. Everything about this store is just so welcoming. Everything about this, this place and the people are so welcoming. You really do feel like you're at home. It has become, I told my wife when we were driving back up, this is my fifth or sixth time here, my favorite place uh, in, in the country right now. I, I love this, this part of South Carolina. I love the people. I love everything about it. Well, I love the fact that it's so conspicuous and it's so uh, in a prominent, <laughs> prevalent location uh, right here in this beautiful area, and that says to me that there is uh, boldness, there is courageous. How big is that flag up on the flagpole? It's big. I don't know the dimensions of it, but it is very, very big. 20 by 30 feet? 20 by 30 feet. That That's phenomenal. We need those fluttering in the breeze. Hey, the wind uh, was strong over. enough today to get it going, too, and it looks it looks beautiful in a, in, in, in a flutter. 
It really does, and it speaks again. It was hardly the only flag on display, but right. but it was certainly the biggest. <laughs> That's right. The Christian flag is on display and the Gadsden flag and just so many flags uh, that, that are so important to our race and our people. Uh, that's absolutely right. Confederate History Month, why do we celebrate it? In your words, we got about a minute. Well, because uh, those who obviously forget the mistakes of the past are condemned to repeat them, as the historian said. Uh, but also telling the truth in a, a time such as this is a revolutionary act. And we have to fight uh, tooth and nail against this campaign to exterminate and extinguish the truth. Because the truth is what sets men free. If people reject the truth, then God will deliver them over to strong delusion. We are the evangelists for this truth, and we have to go out and, and pound the pavement and get the truth out. This guy is a truth teller extraordinaire. He is Rick Tyler, longtime friend, and always a welcome guest on this program. You'll be hearing more from Rick as uh, the evening and the broadcast continues here on TPC, Confederate History Month. It's Saturday, April 1st, and uh, we are red, hot, and rolling. Still not even halfway through yet. Stay tuned, everybody. We'll be right back. The Honorable Cause of Free South is a collection of 12 essays written by Southern Nationalist authors. The book explores topics such as what is the Southern nation, what is Southern nationalism, and how can we achieve a free and independent Dixie. The Honorable Cause answers questions on our own terms. The book invites readers to understand for themselves why a free and independent Dixie is both preferable and possible. The book pulls in some of the biggest producers of pro-South content, including James Edwards, the host and creator of The Political Cesspool, and Wilson Smith, author of Charlottesville Untold, Arkansas congressional candidate and activist Neil Kumar, host and creator of the Dissident Mama podcast, Rebecca Dillingham, author of A Walk in the Park, My Charlottesville Story, Identity Dixies, Patrick Martin, and yours truly, Michael Hill, founder and president of the League of the South, as well as several other authors. The Honorable Cause is available now at Amazon.com. As you are aware, America is divided over every fault line possible. This is intentionally fostered by those who do not love God, family, or country. We believe a peaceful future as a free people absolutely depends on civility. Clarion Call for Civility is looking for funding and volunteers at every level to make our hopes and efforts a reality. Please donate, sign our pledge, and help us in our sacred cause. Please visit callforcivility.com for more details. Callforcivility.com fighting for the soul of liberty and true pursuit of happiness for everyone. Freedom Fest 2023 is coming to the home of the blues and birthplace of rock and roll, Memphis, Tennessee, July 12th through 15th. It's the ultimate summit for liberty, educating and empowering through art, music, film, and comedy while promoting economic freedom and highlighting today's political issues. Use promo code ROUND50 to save 50 bucks off the current rate. Reserve your spot at freedomfest.com. As long as the Union was faithful to her trust Like friends and like brethren, kind we were and just But now in northern treachery, attempts our rights to mar We'll hoist on high the bloody blue flag that bears a single star Hurrah, hurrah, for southern rights hurrah Hurrah for the Bible flag that bears a single star I just want to... The people here uh, gathered at this live remote broadcast didn't hear uh, what was playing because it's not played through a speaker here at the facility, uh, but we could hear it in our headsets. Uh, we're we're going to do special music at the top of every segment of every show this month, and I get more emails around the last week of March, first couple of weeks of April. This is uh, the People's Series, Confederate History Month, 
is the series that I get more emails about than any other thing we do throughout the year. People sending in music. We're going to play music on the show, even now in this, our 19th year of doing this, Confederate History Month. We're going to play music on the show that I've never heard before, and I'm, I'm going to hazard a guess many of you perhaps haven't heard of it yet either. There's a lot of Confederate music besides Dixie and Bonnie Blue Flag. <laughs> There's a lot of good stuff out there. And a lot of people have sent in their requests, and so we're going to honor those requests. We're going to get to as many as we can uh, with that extra Saturday that we have uh, been given and gifted uh, this uh, month of April. But uh, we, you just heard a little bit of Bonnie Blue Flag. I, I want to read just a few excerpts from the lyrics. And when our rights were threatened, the cry rose near and far. Hurrah for the Bonnie Blue Flag that bears a single star. As long as the Union was faithful to her trust, like friends and like brothers, both kind we were and just. But now when Northern Treasury attempts our rights to mar, we hoist on high the Bonnie Blue flag that bears the single star. Then here's to our Confederacy. Strong are we and brave. Like patriots of old, we'll fight our heritage to save. And rather than submit to shame, to die we would prefer. So cheer for the Bonnie Blue flag that bears a single star. There is power and there is integrity and there is dignity in those lyrics. That was the mantra of our people. And I saw a picture that a listener in South Dakota, John, if you're listening tonight in South Dakota, longtime supporter of the program, he sent it to me last month. We're going to post it up on Twitter here probably tomorrow, maybe even after the show. It was of a group of teenagers, maybe college-age students in the 1960s in Mississippi, wholesome, healthy young men and women in a one of those big tank-like convertibles that you might have been driving around in the 1960s, festooned with Confederate flags. And that culture and that society, even as late as the 1960s, was superior by every standard of measurement to that which we have been inflicted with today that has been inflicted upon us today and i've told my wife and kids i was having lunch sam dixon's old old friend and in the mid-2000s i was having lunch with him i've told this story before and i said sam what is stopping them from just kicking down our door and trumping up charges and putting us in prison and i'll never forget what his answer his answer was very little and i know i'm not going to go out and commit a crime I'm not going to fed post. I'm not going to do anything to warrant being arrested or thrown in jail. But I have told my wife and children, whom I love and whom we're here today, and so many of you have met and many of you know well, that that day may come. And if it does come, I will stand and face it and bear it as my betters, not as my forefathers, not as my ancestors, although they were, as my betters faced it. Um, and that's got to be the mentality of our people. Patrick? There you go. There we are. I, I know this well. I mean, I've, I've lived it before. I've had the uh, federal government come at me. Uh, they put me in prison. It was in prison where I wound up coming up with the concept that we needed to uh, take the way, change the way we approach secession. What we have done for years is allowed the left to define who we are. It was time for us to define who we are. It is time for us to say we are a unique people, a different people. And it was in prison where I, I had the opportunity to, and I, I, I wound up facing charges after saving dozens of lives and hundreds of millions of dollars of freight and all this other stuff, and yet they still put me in prison for four false statements to the government in 2014 in Afghanistan. Uh, now, I know why they sent me there. It's because I was uh, convicted of wrong think. I wound up going to Charlottesville. They couldn't get me on anything there, so they decided to throw me in prison. Now, I took my charges. 
and I sat in my cell, and I decided to make my cell into a new grad school. And I studied every single revolutionary movement that's been successful around the world. And I used that opportunity to speak with other men inside there, and, and, and I took that opportunity to hone a new strategic path. And the strategic path that I decided upon was, A, we need to define who we are. We need to define our movement, no longer allowing the left to define us. They've got too much of that already. They've defined us for way too long. We've let them do it. We need to define ourselves, and we need to start defining them. And that's got to happen. That's the next phase is what we need to do is start defining them. And uh, that's where we're at right now. Well, I have said for years, uh, to the point of uh, repetitious exhaustion on this program, that all of this support for wokeism is a mile wide and an inch deep. Most people are just going to inherently and instinctively and naturally fall in line with whatever side is in power. Uh, because people want to be pat on the head by a teacher. They want to uh, be told by the authority figure that they are part of the good guys. And, you know, but all of that is, is very tenuous. I mean, th that throughout history that this has changed from nation to nation and civilization to civilization and empire to empire they rise and fall leaders change and situations change and they can change here again and when it does uh, a lot of the people who are cheerleading for the latest manifestations of of, of the left are, are going to fall right back in line with the, the new leaders and that's just human nature and it's a sad thing uh, but that's just uh, the way it is. I wish that everybody could be a true believer one way or the other, but that's just not the way most of the world works. Going back to the reason for this book, Patrick, you wrote this, and this was something you were just uh, touching on. For too long, you wrote, uh, our political and cultural enemies have been able to drive and define this conversation, the conversation about Southern nationalism and independence. This book, The Honorable Cause of Free South, uh, as you write, will serve as a vital tool in retaking that communications mantle back from those who seek our destruction and ruin. And I liked what you wrote uh, here as well, uh, that this book answers questions on our own terms and in our own way, and uh, that it details how the South can achieve status as a nation state with the right of self-determination for its people. Do you really believe that that could happen? Yes. Yes, I do. I do believe that can happen. I think what we have to do now is we need to be apostles for a new mission, and that mission needs to be for Southern freedom. We need every individual, whether they are a child or an adult, I don't care if they are 5 or they are 50 or if they are 75, we need to be speaking to these individuals. We need to, we need to stop fearing the consequences of telling the truth. The consequence of not telling the truth is apparent. We fall, we die as a group. But the consequence of telling the truth is eternal glory. And that has to be part of our mission. We need to have tools available to explain why we are unique, why we have a right to freedom, why we should be seceding. And we need to begin working on a granular level. It's got to be those conversations we have one-on-one, -on -one, small groups, shaking hands, meeting folks, having a beer or a cup of coffee. We can do this. We can do this. But we need to be willing to come out there and say, I support Southern secession, and here's why. And that has to happen, and we can't fear that. Well, Patrick, what you've got now is, as we mentioned at the top of the program, 47% of Republicans, that's tens of millions of people that are believing in, they don't want to call it secession, call it a national divorce, call it what you will. Why this book is so important is these 47% of Republicans who have responded to Rasmussen polling and saying that they are in favor of a national divorce, they don't need to wait for this to be hijacked and co-opted and run into the ground like so many other movements have been. 
They need to get behind a book that has been written by 12 authors who have been marinating in Southern nationalism for most of our lives, people who have seriously considered it before it was uh, a rising cause and a rising tide. Absolutely. And I, and I think that's what was so important about it. Getting the authors together was, and the reason why there was no micromanaging, as Rebecca stated earlier, was because it wasn't a need to micromanage. These are folks that are passionate about the cause of Southern secession, Southern nationalism. So there was no need to micromanage people that care. So now we have a way in which we can approach different conversations. We have Aprons of Resistance, which talks about women. There's a chapter that talks about women and how women can show and take a stand for the South. We have a uh, chapter by Rick Dirtwater that talks about where it's breaking down. If we have 47% on a nationwide level that's in support of a national divorce, that is a good start. I want it to be somewhere closer to 100%. And so we need to have every tool available at our disposal. And when folks push back and say, well, secession can't happen or this won't happen, that won't happen, I tell you right now, I come from an Irish background. My mother is, is Irish. We seceded from England. Now, it was a bloody mess. We don't need a bloody mess here. What we need is a political will and a social will to push forward and continue to hammer home. We have 47% of Republicans today. Let's make it 100% after the election in 2024. <laughs> and you're going to give us a possible scenario in the last segment of this hour on how it could happen. I want you and Rick Tyler to bat that around back and forth. We're going to have Rich Hamlin in the next segment. But the you, know, you mentioned it earlier in the conversation with Rebecca. Half the states are passing legislation to further radicalized, go further to the left in the transgender issue. Half the states are, are, are doing something different. I mean, you know, basically that. I mean, we're already two different nations. Let's make it official and let's go from there. We'll be right back, everybody. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News. I'm Jerry Barmish. The death toll is rising after a large tornado tore through Little Rock on Friday. I think the real story here isn't the damage that happened, but it's the heroes that were born out of the tragedy. Arkansas Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders says she activated the National Guard and declared a state of emergency. At least five people died in her state from the weather. Twenty-two people at least were confirmed dead across the Midwest and South. The National Weather Service says it received more than 50 preliminary tornado reports across seven states. The Manhattan District Attorney in the Trump case is receiving death threats since news of former President Trump's indictment made headlines. New York Daily News published portions of several offensive emails and messages that have been sent to the DA Alvin Bragg. They include threats like, quote, if you want President Trump, come and get me too. And, quote, remember, we are everywhere and we have guns. Bragg is Manhattan's first black district attorney and he's been getting racist emails as well. Trump's campaign wasted no time in cashing in on his indictment. The indictment has been profitable for former President Trump's current campaign. Trump has raised over $4 million since he was indicted in Manhattan on Thursday. Following that indictment, Trump's campaign began sending out fundraising emails. Trump also asked for donations on his Truth Social platform, writing, If you are doing well, which was made possible through the great policies of the Trump administration, send your contribution to DonaldJTrump.com. I'm John Schaefer. President Biden is reportedly skipping King Charles's coronation. The Telegraph reports Biden recently told the royal family he was unable to make the coronation in May due to prior commitments. 
There will be a formal U.S. delegation in attendance, however, and the U.K. outlet says Biden is considering sending First Lady Dr. Jill Biden or Vice President Kamala Harris on his behalf. Pope Francis is back at the Vatican recovering from bronchitis. This is USA News. Greece is cheap. But the airfare costs a fortune. Paris? Not much closer. And again, airfare... What about Puerto Vallarta? Let's face it, flying anywhere is just too expensive. Wait, what's this? Low-cost airlines. With one call to low-cost airlines, you'll drastically slash your travel costs. We're talking insanely low airline prices to any of your favorite destinations. Where would you like to go? London, Rome, Costa Rica, Australia? Wow, that's cheap. So why wait? Call now to learn how crazy cheap it is to fly anywhere in the U.S. or international. Our prices are so low, we can't publish them. The only way to get them is to call to instantly hear the most amazing best deals on airline travel. It's that easy. So call now and start packing. 800-215-5141. That's 800-215-5141. First out in South Carolina, nobody made the stand. Then came Alabama and took her by the hand. Next quickly Mississippi, Georgia, Florida. All raised on high the bonny blue flag that bears a single star. Hurrah, hurrah, for Southern rise, hurrah. Hurrah, Well, that's right. As the lyrics remind us, it all started right here in South Carolina. That's where it all started. And that's where it's starting for us tonight as we kick off Confederate History Month 2023 on this program. Our ninth, well, I say 19th. It's our 19th year on the air, but we didn't start until October. So I guess technically it's our 18th uh, Confederate History Month, but I digress. Rich Hamlin is with us now. Rich the Magnificent and his lovely wife, Janice, who is always the mainstay on our ladies' nights. Dear good friends, both, and uh, really certainly much more than that, uh, true family members uh, as we count them. And uh, Rich, you've been here all day. You traveled in. Uh, this morning, and uh, we we had some lunch, or no, excuse me, we had dinner. That's what we have. That's what we have at lunchtime is dinner. And Rebecca, Rebecca's nodding her head. We we haven't had supper yet. Yankees but. have lunch. <laughs> we have dinner. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, uh, interesting point made uh, a moment ago, and that is that even in the states that are passing laws restricting the mutilation of children's genitals and i have to put it that that frankly they're being overturned by federal judges so it just goes to further reiterate the point that there is no voting our way out of this and there's no legislating our way out of this if that could have happened the south would have still would have never changed and it goes back to brown versus board and and, and, and even before that but no voting legislating our way out of this so what do you do at that point well, that's a very good question. It's, uh, it's a very dawning question. Um, at least in 1861, we had state legislatures that would pass ordinances of secession and would stand up to the federal government. And uh, if secession was illegal and unconstitutional, then why did the North require all the seceding states repeal their ordinances of secession before they could be admitted back into the Union. That was one of the preconditions, that and the adoption of the 14th Amendment. So um, uh, we have a situation, yeah, the courts are against us, but 
you know, this is a case I really wish Michael Gaddy had made it here because he's – he, um, he is a, he's a real scholar on this stuff and points out um, the feckless, fecklessness of trusting in the U.S. Constitution because of some, some flaws that are basically built into it, one of which is the judiciary having the veto power. And you can thank John Marshall for that and Marbury versus Madison for judicial review. As long as that stuff's going on, uh, and the, the other major flaw is that there's no enforcement mechanism in the Bill of Rights. You know, if the federal, if the government, central government violates it, there's no, you know, there's no measures in there for punishing the guilty parties. So, um, uh, but, but to speak back to the court cases, it's, it's, not, it's even worse than that. A single federal judge can overturn uh, a state statute. A, a federal judge can order a state to spend money in the school system, like happened in St. Louis about uh, 30 years ago, I guess it was. They had made a redistrict and, and redefine the, you know, uh, reallocate the budget to his liking. Uh, I lived through it in Nashville, where, uh, and I'm sure a lot of people in this room have been in the same situation where they were victimized by forced busing and any kind of school districting plan as as well as voting plans now had to be had to be uh, passed the scrutiny of the you know the federal district judge before it can go into effect so but now we've got a situation Tennessee recently uh introduced a very strong nullification bill and it was direct it was directed it was narrowly focused at uh nullifying executive orders you know, because in a proper interpretation of the Constitution, the executive officer, the president, should only have control over the executive agencies. He can't make blanket, you know, orders, uh, no matter what. They, I don't know where they pull the justification for that kind of stuff out. But what happened to the bill? It got tabled in committee. So you've got supposedly conservative Republican administrations like Tennessee. Tennessee has super majorities in both houses. They own the governorship, yet they are continually failing to look out for the rights of the people and even follow their own constitutional oaths, you know, the oaths they took when they when they assumed office. And so it's it's like they they want to have their cake and eat it too. They want to they want to, you know, spew a little fire water and you know and, and do some fire eating. But when it comes down to it, they want to make sure that they protect their themselves and their own people. Uh, I rem- I'm old enough. I'm 68. I remember the uh, government shutdown under Newt Gingrich. Yeah. You know, and it was a big national catastrophe, and everybody was wringing their hands about it, and so on and so forth. And it got nowhere. And one of the reasons was at that time, and this is I'm talking about 1993 or 1994. Forty percent of the American population exists on government largesse, whether it's a salary, a direct salary, a pension. They are a private contractor that contracts with the government. They have an agricultural subsidy. They have a student loan guarantee. They have a housing guarantee, an FHA loan. So when you got that much of clause into the population, and God only knows what it is now, uh, that was 30 years ago. And, you know, and the budget then was you know, barely a trillion dollars. And now next year's budget's going to be seven trillion dollars. And they're throwing them out, you know, they're throwing money around like they actually have it. Uh, and, you know, they're spending like drunken sailors. And that's kind of an insult, you know, to, to sailors. Yeah. 
So, um, uh, yeah, I think the wheels are going to come off. How they're going to come off, I don't know. There's a lot of work to be done. The school system has successfully brainwashed the the population uh, into just idiocy, I guess is the best way to – they don't have a questioning attitude or don't care. You know, or they, they're, they're more concerned about what's on TikTok or, uh, or this other stuff. But uh, and by the same token, by, by the time they turn 18 – if you look at the working class today, and I mean, I've got a, uh, I got a glass business, you know, and I hire people, and I'm around construction trades, and the big, one of the biggest problems out there right now is alcoholism and drug abuse among the, the working age population. So uh, when you have them, you know, in la la land all the time, they're not going to listen listen to all lofty ideals about freedom and liberty, and all they're going to care about is where their next check is coming from where their next fix is coming from, and where their next meal is coming from. And that's, uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, a sad state to look at, but I mean, that's what we're Well, you with. know, a lot of that abuse of substances that you're talking about, especially amongst our people, is because they've been given nothing to be hopeful for. They've been told that they're evil, they've been told that they are worthless, that their only history is colonialism and slavery, and they're... They, yeah, they've lost their sense of purpose. They've lost their sense of identity. They've lost their sense of, of goodness. And, and, Patrick, that's something that you were mentioning last night is that for our people to embrace the idea of independence and secession, they have to believe that they're worth it. That's absolutely right. There's never been a successful revolutionary movement of any kind that, where the people did not feel that they were worthy of freedom. If you don't feel that you're worthy of freedom, you're not going to fight for freedom. And so that is where we have failed. We have failed to make this argument for our folks. I do believe that there's going to come. Now, these hooks, these federal hooks have come in from various elements. You talk about student loans and contracting and, you know, federal uh, insurance programs for housing and so forth. That's going to come off the rails when the U.S. dollar collapses, and we're right about that corner. It's about to happen here. Uh, every indication right now shows that the Chinese, Russians, and Saudis are talking about a new alternative to the U.S. dollar. When that happens, I think these programs lose the weight, and we need to begin arguing now to our people that they are worthy of walking away from this current system and building something that's based on their own beliefs, their own values, and their own people. We need to be working on that because if they don't feel that they're worthy of it, they're not going to, uh, they're not going to pursue it. No, I agree. I agree on that. Uh, the other thing we need to be telling them is how to survive. You know, because if the dollar crashes and the money's no good and the ATMs stop, I mean, I remember reading stories from a few years ago when the, when the debit cards for the ECB cards uh, <laughs> didn't work, you know, out in California. There were literal riots. And we've got a large percentage of the population, especially down south. I mean, we talked about this problem 30 years ago in the league that, uh, what, 40% of the, the population of South Carolina is black. You know, that's a lot of people. And when they stop getting their gibs and, uh, you know, the machines run dry, then they're, they're, they're not going to be real happy, and they're not going to be, you know, they're not going to be respectful of anybody else's property. I mean, it's going to be gimme, gimme, gimme. So, well, I mean, that's, that's when they... Sorry, that's when they can go to San Francisco and get their $5 million for the reparations <laughs> yeah. that have just been passed. Can you believe that? <laughs> I don't know if this is, it's like you said, I don't see how the Babylon, Babylon voice has, 
the Black Island B has a voice anymore because I don't. I can't differentiate between satire and reality. I heard that they voted to give them five million dollars and forty acres in a tractor. Is that real? <laughs> I heard that. I think that. I swear. I think that's real. <laughs> we'll be right back. Hi, TPC family. This is your host, James Edwards. Our friends at American Free Press have a special offer for listeners of this radio program. Subscribe to American Free Press today using coupon code TPC for half off the regular price. AFP is America's last real newspaper. Against all odds, AFP has and continues to publish a populist independent print newspaper with an unparalleled track record. Founded by a dedicated group of experienced patriots, AFP pulls no punches and tackles the most controversial and pressing issues from an America First perspective. Subscribe today for one year at just $29. That's half off the regular price. And receive a free copy of AFP's recently published report on George Soros, a $15 value. Visit AmericanFreePress.net today, coupon code TPC. Subscribe now at AmericanFreePress.net, coupon code TPC. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies, John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then, the more they use the lie, the more they reproduce the lie. The more spiritual power they get. Now look. The media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast. That power protects the cells of the beast from prosecution. Why isn't Hillary in prison? She is protected. We must restore our national relationship with God. Truth is sacred in the kingdom, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. Isaiah 9, 6. from Christ Kingdom Ministries. Cheer, boys, cheer, and raise a joyous shout. For Arkansas and North Carolina now have both gone out. And let another rousing cheer for Tennessee be given. The single star of the Bonnie Blue flag has grown to be 11. Hurrah, hurrah, South Carolina to Tennessee and all of those great southern states in between. And we're looking at you, too, Kentucky and Missouri. We know what happened to you in Missouri. You count. We count Missouri, right? We count Missouri. Yeah, we count yeah, Missouri. We, count. we love Missouri. Missouri's got good people. I, they, they're still holding the line up there. There's good people up in rural Missouri. You know, you get out to, yeah, exactly. You get out to those uh, rural areas, and it's still southern. Absolutely. And, uh, as I, saw, I said on an earlier show, Joe Prish today, he asked me, uh, 11 states in the CSS, and no, there are 13. Yeah, that's right. That's and right. Missouri's absolutely. So, yeah, absolutely. Bonnie Blue Flag didn't mention them, but we do. <laughs> we do. We do. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I, having a great supper last night with Patrick Martin. By the way, editor of the book, The Honorable Cause of Free South, available right now at Amazon.com. Patrick, I just 30 seconds on this. It has held steady, in the, as you mentioned, in the top 10 to 20 on Amazon since it's released nearly two weeks ago uh, about, in the nationalism category, almost two weeks. Yeah, it's about a week and a half, actually. It's about 10 days, and we've held steady, and we have not had anywhere near the kind of promotion we've done this weekend. Yeah, so I mean, we right. and we're competing against millionaire publishing companies, multi-million dollar publishing companies. 
and folks with really big, um, you know, a big national profile. And our little group is just you know, plugging along. Plugging along. Thanks to all the people, uh, John Friend, who gave us yes. some press, and the American Free Press, who's doing an article on it, Tom Sunick. A lot of people. I was on with Patrick Ryan uh, last week, and uh, still many more interviews and reviews and articles that are going to be coming out as quickly as they can get put out. It's hard to get everybody to do it on the same day because of different people's production schedules and uh, and, and, and deadlines and things like that. But uh, there's going to be much more you'll hear about this book, but we are doing it uh, as uh, intensely as we can tonight, uh, for encouraging you to go to Amazon.com, The Honorable Cause of Free South. Now, I want to get Rick Tyler in on this conversation with you, so I'm going to Toss my mic over to Rick, and Patrick is going to paint a possible scenario that could kick off this whole thing balkanizing, and it deals with the Trump indictment and Ron DeSantis, and uh, what'd you tell me last night, Patrick? Again, we're not saying that this is the way it's going to go, but it's just something to think about. It could be one of the many ways things could, could uh, crystallize here. So, yeah, so it's interesting because a lot of conversations go on around Article 4, Clause 2, Section 2 of the Constitution, uh, specifically in which a governor is required to honor the extradition requests of another governor in, in the country. Now, there are some very limited exceptions there. One would be that in the event they were to say um, this request was illegally done, but they can't actually argue about the merits of the case. Now, in this particular scenario, what could occur is the following. Trump himself uh, could say, I don't want to, in, I'm not going to engage in this indictment. I think it's false. I'm not going to go turn myself in. Holchel would then come around and say, she would say, New York's governor, Holchel, she would say, you got to get extradited. him, send a message over to DeSantis. DeSantis has come out and said he will not assist in the extradition. Now, that's when we get to a constitutional crisis. That's the point in which Hochul would then turn around to the federal government and say, you have a governor who has openly and by virtue of the Insurrection Act has decided not to honor his constitutional obligation to turn over Trump. In this case scenario, the state of New York still has a indictment against Trump, so there's a warrant for Trump's arrest, but the federal government would then open up a warrant for DeSantis' arrest. In such a scenario, it would be questionable whether DeSantis decided to turn himself in or not. Now, if DeSantis did not turn himself in, that is when the federal government would come after DeSantis. Now, there is an interesting new change in, in Florida where the state guard specifically uh, is directed by the governor. And the governor does not have to turn to the legislature to activate the state guard. The state guard is currently being run by a Marine Corps lieutenant colonel with no emergency background, no emergency skills background. Uh, he is a former combat pilot. He was drum-rolled, essentially, out of the Marine Corps. He was forced to uh, retire when he became critical of the transgender ideology that was taking over the Marine Corps and the military in general. And he, this is a guy who actually stepped out of his helicopter to go fight on the ground and lead battalions in combat in Iraq. So this is not some pushover kind of character. He's the one who's in charge of the State Guard. And what he's building in Florida right now in the State Guard are not individuals, even though they said it was going to be hurricane preparedness, uh, in response to the federal government's lack of a response to the tornadoes that struck in early 2022, that DeSantis would instead, the State Guard could order them to protect him from a federal arrest. If that were to occur, you would have a State Guard standoff against federal authorities who have already been ordered, by the way. The Florida Department of Law Enforcement was ordered middle of last year not to cooperate with the FBI on anything that was not a current 
investigation of a fugitive or some other kind of interstate criminal matter. So in other words, the FDLE is no longer sharing information or resources with the FBI. That ended last year. Uh, and that was over a dispute that occurred between the DeSantis administration, Ashley Moody, the current AG, and uh, the Biden administration. So you could have a scenario where you would have Trump, who just happens to be standing around in Mar-a-Lago, and DeSantis up in Tallahassee with a face-off between the federal government and the Florida State Guard. That is a possible scenario. I don't, do I think DeSantis would go that far? I doubt it. But if he were to do that, now you're talking about a genuine secession movement. Because then you get all of those tens of millions of Trump voters for all of his faults and for even all of the faults that DeSantis may have. If they can help play a role in this thing, that's the the, the eventual outcome that, that we seek. Now, I want to get Rick Tyler in on this, but DeSantis has said to date, now he hasn't been served with the order yet, but that he would not extradite Trump, correct? That is correct. He actually said he would not assist with the extradition of Trump. And some folks think that's a play on words. I don't believe that's a play on words for one reason. There is no federal option at the moment for anybody to grab Trump because this is state charges. These are not federal charges. So right now, Trump is protected by the Secret Service. Now, there is, if it were to go into a federal matter, that would be a different story. Then Biden can order the Secret Service to grab him and they would just fly him up north. But right now, those are state charges. There's no federal option here. So the only option is a state to state option. That means that Florida would have to act on the request of the extradition. Uh, predicated again on Article 4, Clause 2, Section 2. So again, just a hypothetical scenario, a situation, uh, maybe all moot. I, I hear now that Trump has already flown to Trump Towers to prepare his surrender, but I don't, so I don't know. Well, that was a good thought anyway. But anyway, Rick, what do you what do you make of it? I mean, how do you see this, all, this whole thing playing out with Trump? Well, while the scenario that's been outlined is certainly uh, hypothetically possible, I think that it's it's pretty evident if you really you know look at things uh, you know through a, a total realistic prism that Trump's plan is to run uh, vigorously for the 2024 nomination of the Republican Party or the you know election and then become president again. From <laughs> no, no, because uh, you know even Alan Dershowitz, you know who is ideologically you know way on the other end of the spectrum. Uh, makes it readily apparent that Trump will inevitably win on appeal. And even though they've judge shopped and they put a judge on this case that's very anti-Trump, there still is a limit to what will be done. Uh, the public isn't ready to just take, you know, total, complete capitulation. So there's a limit to what will be done. Trump will not have his movements restricted. He'll be able to campaign vigorously. There are many who are cynical among us. I won't mention any names. Uh, but some of us, you know, even suspect that Trump might be nothing more than controlled opposition. And if that be the case, then, of course, you know, January 6th was a big setup in order to demonize and, and label everybody to the you know, right of Sean Hannity, a terrorist. And Trump will win again so that we can have round two, you know, of this escalating phenomenon of marginalizing and polarizing us into a position where then they can maybe even, God forbid, uh, do some kind of false flag activity, blame it on the movement, and then use that for the total uh, crackdown. James, you mentioned earlier about, you know, this idea of uh, possibly going to prison sometime in the future, you know, for standing for truth. A lot of greater men than us have gone to prison for a lot less. And so, you know, this is something that the enemy is angling toward, I'm sure, in their playbook. God can deliver us. And God can, uh, you know, with him all things are possible. But I think that our secession is going to have to start on a smaller scale. 
the county level. Agreed. I totally, I totally agree. With you. And in fact, that last night too. that's right. That's where the real that's where the real power play is is county level. What we have to do as a movement is target those school boards, those town councils. That's what we need to be focused on at a very granular level. I just wanted to ask, uh, pa- Patrick, you informed me of something last night that I had never heard of. And this seemed to be something that would be almost elementary in nature that you would understand. And I've never heard of it. The very interesting political situation Florida has on a county by county basis. I think you're going to shock some people with what you're going to tell me. Yeah, so Florida still has a county unit system for statewide elected officials, so you can lose the popular vote in Florida and still win a statewide election. Uh, it's one of the it's the last holdout, if I understand it correctly. I think Georgia did have it and got rid of it, unfortunately. Uh, if you had it in Georgia, Atlanta and Savannah would not nearly have the kind of power that they have right now. What happened back in the late 60s, early 70s, was a group called the Pork Chop Gang in Florida. They were very afraid of what was going on with Yankee transplants and Cuban migrants. They didn't know which way they were going to go. And so what they did to protect the rural counties in the center of the state was that they created a county unit system. So Marion County is a good example where I was raised. Uh, Baker County, Clay County. Uh, these are counties that are rural counties, equal one vote. Then you've got Miami-Dade, where you got Dade County, so you got one vote. You've got um, in Polk County with Tampa, one vote. So these major cities cannot overpower the rural counties on statewide elections. Now, Florida still has that system in place, which is what makes Florida, has kept Florida going to the more and more red, despite the number of transplants we've had over the course of the last uh, 20, 30, 40 years. So that flood comes down. It doesn't change our political dynamic. In fact, our political dynamic continues to move left. I'm sorry, right, which is why the counties are so important, especially in places like Florida. We can push them further and further to the right, which we are doing. We're working. That's when you really have that power. That's when you get that power. You get that legislator in, in the state that says, I want to push forward a nullification-type clause or something of that nature. I know, Rick, you've been big on that in Polk County, Tennessee. Yes, and, and I would also like to add at this point that really when you consider the fabric of our people uh, back at the time of the American Revolution, uh, we had a basically a moral, uh, upright you know, type mentality among our people. And we don't have that now, especially statewide. But there could be a county, a small rural county, that could secede. And show the world that it can be done. Well, the music begins to play. We were talking about this last night. I mean, I believe it's already passed the Idaho state legislature. And I know whether or not that's going to pass the state senate and get ratified. But they're, they are. there's a movement afoot for greater Idaho. And it's not just the South. And by the way, when this whole thing falls apart, it won't just be the old Confederacy that's going to be a part of uh, whatever is to come. It's going to be a lot of Mountain West states and a lot of these conservative heartland states as well. Rick Tyler, Patrick Martin, Rich Hamlin this hour, and we'll be back for the third and final hour right after this. Everybody stay tuned. You're going to hear from a lot more people, I promise you. Thanks for listening to Project Schoolyard Volume 2. For more information about the project, as well as lyric to the songs on this CD, please visit www.tightrope.cc. You can also find jokes, news articles, a photo gallery, free CD downloads, and a secure online shopping cart. We carry a full line of flags, t-shirts, CDs, books, stickers, and other products of interest to racially conscious white people. Please visit www.tightrope.cc. You're listening to the Political Cesspool on ResolutionRDO.com.
Call and listen now at 607-203-5423. That's 607-203-5423. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest price filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. You're listening to Resolution Radio. Radio. ResolutionRDO.com You're listening to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is the Political Cesspool. The Political Cesspool, known across the South and worldwide as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program. And here to guide you through the murky waters of the Political Cesspool is your host, James Edwards. Our flag is proudly floating on the land and on the plain. Shout, shout, the battle cry of freedom. Beneath it all we've conquered and will conquer all the pain. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, as we kick off Confederate History Month 2023, our third and final hour live from this remote broadcast in South Carolina, the beautiful upcountry of South Carolina, where it all started for our Confederate forebears. We're here for uh, to promote the honorable cause of Free South, available uh, online at Amazon.com. Patrick. He's leaving, ladies and gentlemen. Patrick is stepping out, but we didn't get a chance to say goodbye to you at the end of that uh, second hour. Say goodbye to everybody, and thank you again, Patrick, for being thank on with so us tonight. Much. Thank, thank you, James, so much for uh, the opportunity here to speak, and thank everybody here at Dixie Republic. Thank you very much for this incredible day. I, I just can't say enough. I'm, I'm humbled and honored. Hey, thank I'm you. shaking the hand of Patrick thank Martin. Let's hear it. A big round of applause for Patrick Martin. And now another great champion for our people and one of its finest spokesmen. We've got Mark here from the League of the South. Mark was on with us the last time we were here at Dixie Republic, which was last July. Mark, say hello to everybody. Give them uh, your name and rank with the League, and uh, let's get down to business. Uh, good evening, everybody. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, Mark Tommy. Uh, I'm the Executive Officer of the League of the South. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Uh, Executive Officer of the League of the South, uh, which puts me uh, just under Dr. Hill, uh, the President, and uh, also sit on the Board of Directors. And uh, for our people, uh, 
we're we're sliding all over the place uh, with with different people and different vocal modulations. So I'm trying to ride the uh, the scale here tonight. But League of the South is a we've been running the ads for the league for years on this program, and for good reason. The League of the South is a home for people who share our concerns. And I know you want to give a quick plug on how people can join the league. Oh, absolutely, yeah. To the, which I belong. Exactly, yeah. The league is under your leadership. <laughs> the league is a Southern Nationalist organization, which means uh, that what we want is a free and independent South today uh and uh i've said many times in the past that uh you know i i honor my ancestor i've got i've got uh, several ancestors who were confederate soldiers and i admire uh them greatly and and uh the efforts that they made for southern independence 160 years ago but the reason i'm a part of the league and involved in the Southern Nationalist cause today is because I want to finish what they started. That's right. Finish the job they started. It's 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 great to look at look backwards at our history and honor the great men uh, and women who are part of that history, but they were struggling for Southern independence. They were struggling for a free and independent Southern Republic, uh, as General Lee said, that we would have a name and place among the nations of the earth. And so my involvement with the Southern Nationalist cause today uh, and with the Southern independence movement is I want to help bring about what my great-great-grandfather couldn't see happen in 1865. Not for lack of trying and not for lack of being on the right side. Of being men among men and being on the right side. But, you know, in God's providence, it wasn't meant to be at that time. But, you know, our duty is to uh, continue the fight. Uh, they were right then. We are right and now. We're right and there now. is a connection between that and the common enemy. It, uh, the enemy, it seems as though, that we face today is far more degenerate than even oh, the one oh, that they yeah. face. My God, could you imagine the heroes of the old Confederacy? The names you know, the Lees, the Jacksons, the Forrest, the Davises, the the Hills, the, 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 the Pickets. Oh, yeah. Could you imagine trying to explain to them what this what's going to be going on in, uh, in the United States in oh, I'm, the current year. I, I'm sure if they could, they'd be spinning in their graves oh at about God. 2,000 RPMs, you know. Uh, and, well, Lee regretted the surrender. Uh, exactly. Even, even, even shortly thereafter. Could it, you imagine what he'd think if he had this foresight? Uh, oh, My God. Uh, and, and everything that, that those men predicted that would happen as a result of, of the South losing the war has come true in spades. You know, it's even worse than they predicted. But they could have never foreseen what 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 has happened. They here. couldn't have foreseen how bad that it ha- that it could ha- or that it has gotten. But they knew that it was going to go that way, and uh, and so you know it's our it's our duty here in this day and time to build upon that wisdom and a, a build upon that tradition and try to convince as many of our fellow Southerners as possible that this is the cause you need to be fighting for today. You know, uh, we need to be governing ourselves according to our own worldview. We need to – it's the only way we're going to preserve our civilization And, Mark, that goes back to what we were talking about in the last hour, is that even when our states, the state legislatures of the the current South, as beleaguered as they are and as weak as they are compared to their betters, even when they try to do the right thing, voting, uh, legislating, it doesn't get anywhere. Federal judge overturns it, and then we just move on to the next defeat. I mean, that that's just not a way. That there's no future in that. That's right. You know, John C. Calhoun talked about king numbers, and the problem is there's more of them than there are of us, and so it doesn't matter how much of a fight we put up in the federal Congress. They outvote us every single time. 
So we're always going to be on the losing end of the stick as long as we're pinned to this union with but bloody bayonets. But you still bayonets. see a difference. As, as watered down as it may have been compared to the general art, uh, article, uh, it used, there is still a difference in so many ways, culturally, oh, sure. spiritually, between the South and its geographical surroundings, which, as we so often say, is the first prerequisite of being an independent nation. That's right. Uh, no doubt about that. And, you know, case in point of what you were just talking about, a few years ago, Alabama tried to do something about illegal immigration. We passed a law that said we were going to do what the federal government wasn't doing. And within days of that law going into effect, the area of Alabama where I live has a lot of illegal Mexican immigrants who work in the uh, chicken processing plants up in that part of the state. And they they emptied out. I mean, uh, you could see uh, buildings that were boarded up. Uh, we were shopping for a new car at that time, and the salesman uh, had a daughter in one of the local schools there and said that the student population of her school dropped by 30% overnight because all the Mexicans fled. Well, uh, predictably... The federal government filed suit against the state of Alabama. Some federal judge struck down our law, slapped us on the hand, and said, "No, no, that you're bad, Alabama. You can't do that." And and every and single they all time, came the, back. every 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 time, every time we try to do something right, or our elected officials try to do something right, they take this defeat. At what point will exactly. it be too much? Is it going to be with the murder and the mocking of our dead, the mutilation of our children's? Reproductive organs. I mean, when, 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 at what point do the people say we've got to turn and take a stand? We've and no judge. Yep, we've tried to do it on several fronts. You know, uh, whether it's abortion or sodomite unions or immigration or a lot, uh, several other issues that you could name. Every southern state over the last quarter of a century has taken steps to try to uh, do something about. And you these can't things. satiate their hatred. There, there is nothing. No offering you can give them no. that will be enough. It's always the next thing, and there's never any credit given. And every time, it's a federal judge that strikes us down. So the question I have is, at what point do the Southern people realize that the United States is their enemy? Amen. Amen. Mark Tommy, you want to be a part of the solution? Join the League of the South. Yep, League of the South, www.leagueofthesouth.com. There join, it is. Join the fight. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Jim. Hey, big round of applause. Well the Honorable Cause of Free South is a collection of 12 essays written by Southern Nationalist authors. The book explores topics such as what is the Southern nation, what is Southern nationalism, and how can we achieve a free and independent victory. The Honorable Cause answers questions on our own terms. The book invites readers to understand for themselves why a free and independent victory is both preferable and possible. The book pulls in some of the biggest producers of pro-South content, including James Edwards, the host and creator of The Political Cesspool, Ann Wilson Smith, author of Charlottesville Untold, Arkansas congressional candidate and activist Neil Kumar, host and creator of the Dissident Mama podcast, Rebecca Dillingham, author of A Walk in the Park, My Charlottesville Story, Identity Dixie's Patrick Martin, and yours truly, Michael Hill, founder and president of the League of the South, as well as several other authors. The Honorable Cause is available now at Amazon.com. True Passover versus Easter. The Catholic Church and most denominations follow the Jewish Passover. Here is the Jewish tradition. The Passover takes place 14 days after the new moon, after the equinox. But what does God say? In Isaiah 1 verse 14, quote, Your new moon feasts and your appointed festivals I hate with all my being, unquote. 
Now notice God's word versus Jewish tradition. Quote, In the first month, on the fourteenth day of the month, at twilight, is the Lord's Passover. Unquote. That's from Leviticus 23, verse 5. God's year begins on the spring equinox. Passover is always on the fourteenth day of God's year, the fourteenth day after the equinox. The Sunday after the Passover is Resurrection Sunday. None of this is about fertility, which is exactly what Easter is all about. Easter bunny and eggs, fertility rites, are paganism. Our gallant boys have marched to the rolling of the drums. Shout, shout, the battle cry of freedom. And the leaders in charge cry out, come boys, come. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the political cesspool. James Edwards, the indefatigable host of this phenomenal program, is taking a little break, and he's allowed me to sit in uh, momentarily to, for this segment. And we have a couple of great men to uh, render commentary at this time. Many of you are familiar with the broadcasting network, uh, RBN, Republic Broadcasting Network. Uh, we have Steve Widener here right now, who is going to tell us a little bit about what's going on with his program or his broadcasting on RBN. Steve, have at it. Thank you. Thanks very much for having me. I host a program on Republic Broadcasting Network called Fault Crime Live, Saturday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 Central. And uh, I really am glad to be here. I hosted, I did my show live from here earlier today. And often when I'm in the neighborhood, I, I don't live too far from here. If I'm going to be on an RBN show or if I'm going to be in the neighborhood, I'll host my show right here from this coffee shop. There are always great people here. And people, uh, you can meet someone here and have an intelligent conversation with them a lot more often than you do out there in the, uh, in the normie world, I have to say. And it's great to, to have people to interface and, and interconnect with like that. And know that you've got a hospitable environment to get the truth out, and that's what it's all about. What uh, your show today? What uh, did it deal with? Was it uh, involved with Confederate history in any way? Well, I, I initially I played the clip where Tucker Carlson was talking about this new uh, Restrict Act and what that does, how it's a bipartisan effort, uh, just like the Patriot Act was. They had it all ready to go for the latest problem. Just we always end up the losers when they do that. So I started talking about that, and then Mark Tommy joined me and talked about the League of the South for a bit. We took some calls, and you know, the first time that I came here uh, last July, uh, I came just to meet Mike Gaddy because I had learned so much from him over uh, listening to his broadcast, so I, I have to tell you, I felt like I came home for Christmas when I came up here last July. All these, It was just awesome. I, I really enjoyed it, so I've been back ever since. That was the second week that I had had my own show there, and Mike Gaddy uh, is now doing a show on Saturday afternoon called Rebel Madman Radio on Republic Broadcasting Network uh, from 4 to 6 Eastern uh, three to five central and, and it's a terrific program I, I he wasn't able to make it here to this event today and so i hosted his show with mark today and we had a, we, we talked a lot about confederate history we talked about the 69th uh mountain regiment in north carolina uh during the war the, the cherokee regiment and gave some of their history 
Wow, there's so much information that our people need to know about, and knowledge is power. There's no question about it. So we we salute you and all of the great people at Republic Broadcasting Network, and we miss John Statmiller greatly. Uh, He was a great uh, great individual and uh, did a a great job bringing that network to fruition and and making it a force to be reckoned with. It's so ironic. He died 20 years to the day after Bill Cooper had been assassinated, and uh, Richard Carey and I were planning to come on that day to do a show about the assassination of Bill Cooper and his, you know, his legacy. And then we weren't able to make that show because Mr. Stadmiller died that morning. It just, it just seemed like so much. The odds against that are so, so, so incredible. But I'm very glad to be here. Thanks for, thanks for letting me uh, plug our network and our shows. Sure, I appreciate it. Well, again, we've all got to work together because, uh, like Ben Franklin said, either we hang together or we hang separately, right? So Kyle McDermott is also here, and I've had the pleasure, the blessing of talking to him for quite some time this afternoon. And uh, he is a uh, a man who has uh, transplanted, I guess you could say, from uh, up in uh, the Empire State. and The, the, uh, the capital of the, of, the, of the Empire. Yes, right, and, and uh, has written a book called The Declaration of White independence now the declaration of independence is a pretty powerful document but uh but kyle i think you've uh you've tweaked things a little bit and made it uh, a little bit more relevant to our circumstances today i've tweaked things a little bit made it very relevant do you remember not too long ago when the creature occupying the white house who identifies as the vice president you know who i'm talking about yes she gave a speech and she she said she was talking about where our rights come from we are endowed with certain unalienable rights uh, we're endowed with certain unalienable rights, but she dropped out the word creator. Why would she do that? Because our rights are God-given. They come from the creator. If that idea is taken away from us, then the government can do whatever it wants to us. It, 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 it can take away our rights. It can take away, it can negate the Bill of Rights um, and turn us into basically postmodern slaves, global serfs on a plantation ruled by the global Judeo plutocracy. Isn't it amazing to think that Kamala Harris could actually have been, I believe she was attorney general. Mm -hmm. They can cover for anybody Yes. and use these puppets, you know, these these absolute, uh, often imbecilic people, Mm -hmm. uh, someone such as Biden, of course, and, and, uh, you know, just use them as their front people. But when individuals begin to to take the initiative uh, to promulgate the truth in this manner, and interjected into the the mainstream the di- of the dialogue, right. the conversation that we're having, the very important conversation about what are we going to do to solve these problems. I think it's great, you know, to see the results. And so I'm looking forward to reading your book, and uh, it's got certainly a provocative cover on it. I know you put the uh, the the snake on there. Uh, don't right. tread on me. Right. And uh, that really is a critical dimension of this. We tap dance around it sometimes, and. And I don't want to push the envelope too far, but, you know, the uh, the communist murderer, Mao, uh, he said power grows out of the barrel of a gun. And that's why, you know, peace through strength. If you if you have the strength, then you probably won't have to use it. It's when you relinquish and surrender it that you will have to. Does your book uh, deal with that aspect of the declaration when a long train of abuses and usurpations, et cetera, et cetera? It does deal with that. And you, if you look at what the federal government or the occupation regime is what I call it, has done to our people and has done to this republic over the past century, it's, it's a long train of usurpations. And it's all evinces the same object to, to turn us into global serfs on, on, on a plantation of, of where we have no rights. Uh, how, do you, how do you negate or how do you fight Marxist materialism? If you, if, you, if you have an argument with, with anybody in the university, a professor, or anybody uh, today who, who talks about science, they all come from a materialistic perspective. 
And materialism basically stands for the point that there's nothing, there's no numinous meaning in, meaning in the universe. There's no higher purpose. There's no soul, no spirit. And how do you fight that? If you do it on a secular basis, if you want to take these people on and talk to them and argue with them from a secular basis, how do you do it? Well, if you look at the creation of the universe, um, uh, reality came from a very small, about the size of a pea. And from that pea-sized point of origin came us, the universe, and everything you see. Everything We're sitting here having a conversation right now based, based upon that small, tiny beginning. So how do you characterize that expansion, that expansion of space, time, and matter energy? Um, you, you characterize that by, by, by it, it's an ordered expansion. It's not a, it's not a big bang. It's not, it's not a random expansion of matter, energy, and space-time. It's an ordered process put in place by the Creator. And we are the result of that ordered process. And we are endowed by the Creator with certain unalienable rights. By the Creator, not by the government. And that's what the book really gets at. That's the thrust of the book. Well, that's a, a great uh, treatise there that you have, uh, you know, endeavored to... Uh, to cover the waterfront of in a very succinct manner. And, and again, I'm looking forward to reading the book, as I'm sure a lot of people will be. Again, the name of that book is The Declaration of White Independence. Whose and time has come, by the way. That's right. Uh, time you, can't, come. you can't fight the idea whose time has come. That's right. And uh, we are being painted into a corner, and necessity being the mother of invention is, is leading us to the point where we've got to do something. Every other people on this planet have the right to self-determination and to, to exist except us. And why is that? Why? Ask yourself that. And who Why is that, Rick? Yeah. Well, I think it's because of our speciality. It's who we are. Uh, we are a people who have been inordinately blessed by our Creator. He is a sovereign God. And, you know, we're not deserving of all of the blessings that we're the recipients of, but He has given these blessings to us. And along with the endowment comes a responsibility of towering profundity. And that's what we now have to discharge. We've got to step back into the shoes of our progenitors, those men and the women. And we've got to walk mightily in the faith of our fathers. And just because it hasn't been done in our lifetime doesn't mean it can't be done. Right, right. We can take uh, great heart and we can take great inspiration from the pages of Holy Writ, mm -hmm. the examples of Scripture, as well as our Reformation fathers, uh, great men in the time of the uh, Reformation. And uh, when, when they had to fight, you know, the oppression of the, uh, the combine of the church and the state working together. And then, of course, also, you know, the revolutionary and our Confederate ancestors. We have no shortage of great inspirations and examples. And even those among us today, great men today. Rick, you've done such a great job in hosting this particular segment. I want to thank Steve Whitener and, of course, Kyle McDermott for, for joining you in this. And uh, when I'm surrounded by talent, I've been in this business long enough to know it's time to let the talent take over. And I, I saw you three, and I was like, let's just give them a segment. But do you think that it in any way demoralizes the regime or the system to know that in spite of their best efforts to censor, to stamp out, to demoralize, there's still this many people uh, that uh, – that are tuned in tonight, that are here today, that are just not going to go along with their plans. We've got about 15 seconds. I know that it, it's a great, a great consternation to them that that's the truth, but they are delusional and they're drunk with power, and we, we need to never forget that. We'll be right back, everybody. How about these three guys right here? Exposing corruption. Informing citizens. Pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News. I'm Jerry Varnish. 
The death toll is rising from Friday's strong tornadoes. At least five people died in Arkansas. Arkansas Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders says her state is pulling together after tornadoes left a trail of death and destruction. From a uh, city a county, a state, and a federal perspective. I would say that everyone is working uh, in total lockstep. Starting with the first responders who were first on the scene. I think the real story here isn't the damage that happened, but it's the heroes that were born out of the tragedy. Sanders says she has been in contact with President Biden and Secretary of Homeland Security Mayorkas, who promised full federal support for impacted communities. I'm John Schaefer. Overall, at least 22 people were killed from the tornado stretching from Illinois to Mississippi. Security is being ramped up in New York City ahead of former President Trump's expected indictment on Tuesday. After flying into LaGuardia Airport Monday night and spending the evening at Trump Tower, Trump will head to the courthouse in Manhattan to turn himself in at 2.15 Eastern Time. Reports indicate that he will not be handcuffed, but will be taken to a 15th-floor courtroom to be fingerprinted and processed. Trump lawyer Joe Tacopina says, planning aside, this is unchartered territory. We don't really know what's going to happen Tuesday because logistically this has never happened before. We have the Secret Service involved in an arraignment. When have you seen that before? All other Supreme Court cases in the New York courthouse will be adjourned that afternoon. The Justice Department is suing Norfolk Southern Railway over the toxic train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio. The lawsuit alleges the railway company violated the Clean Water Act for pollutants that were allegedly discharged when a train carrying hazardous material derailed in a fiery crash near the Pennsylvania border in February. President Biden is reportedly skipping King Charles's coronation in May. This is USA News. Greece is cheap. But the airfare costs a fortune. Paris? Not much closer. And again, airfare... What about Puerto Vallarta? Let's face it, flying anywhere is just too expensive. Wait, what's this? Low-cost airlines. With one call to low-cost airlines, you'll drastically slash your travel costs. We're talking insanely low airline prices to any of your favorite destinations. Where would you like to go? London, Rome, Costa Rica, Australia? Wow, that's cheap. So why wait? Call now to learn how crazy cheap it is to fly anywhere in the U.S. or international. Our prices are so low, we can't publish them. The only way to get them is to call to instantly hear the most amazing best deals on airline travel. It's that easy. So call now and start packing. 800-215-5141. That's That is the Confederate version of the battle cry of freedom. Hunter was asking me what music we got tonight. Well, we're going to be playing all different kinds of antebellum and Confederate-themed music, Southern-themed music, not even all antebellum, some years after the war, decades after the war even. But it's all going to be Southern in theme. But tonight we stuck with 
the big three. Dixie, Bonnie Blue Flag, and Battle Cry of Freedom. Southern version, of course. But those lyrics are, are pretty powerful here. Uh, I printed them out as well. But that's, uh, that's good stuff. And uh, anyway, we've got Hunter back with us tonight. Now, Hunter is one of the jolly boys around here. I got... <laughs> I, I told this story a second ago. I think I tell it every time he's on. Only guest I've ever had in all these years who got multiple proposals when when he was on. This is the truth. And uh, even some of uh, uh, the uh, other ladies in our audience would say, oh, my, those jolly – I do declare those jolly boys. <laughs> Man. Boy, the, the boys here of uh, are forced to be wrecked with for sure. And if we are ever going to turn around, it's going to be done by men like Hunter, uh, who is a husband and father and entrepreneur. He owns his own business and uh, has really become uh, a great friend of mine. Uh, I think of some of the past broadcasts we've done in South Carolina. And I went to a convert museum in Greenville. Uh, we've, we've broken many times. We've shared some stories. And it's just always, I'm taking the hand of Hunter right now. Hunter, it's always so good yeah. to see you. We are a kindred spirit, and I love you dearly. And uh, let's welcome you back as Rick Tyler is co hosting this hour with me. Uh, what, what message do you want to share tonight? I said before, I said, I don't know, Hunter, how we're going to top anything we've done in the past because your previous segments have been so profound and good i've learned a lot from this guy too by the way when i went to the greenville uh, confederate uh, history museum and learned about states rights just now you gotta understand our ancestors were serious about their cause they named their children after the cause the man's name was states rights <laughs> so his name was uh, his brother's name was Independence. <laughs> so, there you go. So, but uh, it's a wonderful museum up here. A lot of good times with this guy. Uh, in the half dozen or so times I've been up here, can't wait for half a dozen more. Hunter, it's great to have you back on the show tonight. What what message you want to share with the audience tonight? Oh, uh, really? I just want to promote an uh, arm wrestling tournament that we have coming up. <laughs> so that would be April the 15th. That's in two weeks. Right back here at Dixie. Right back here at Dixie Republic in Travelers Dress, South Carolina. So all you guys out there that are tough with your women, you tough online, you can come to our Dixie Strong Arm Contest here in Travelers Dress, South Carolina on April the 15th. Weigh-ins are at 4 p.m., Event starts at 6 p.m. We got a 200 plus class. We have a 199 minus class, and there's a $1,200 reward. This will be your people, your kindred here. So come and join us. DixieStrongArm.com is the website. Now, obviously, Rick and I aren't going to be here because we don't want to take all that money, but. Uh... <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but. Uh... We were trying the table out out there. We we've got oh, the, you, the, you, already, the, you already had some the uh, table try, the tryouts. table is built oh, and uh, we were out there trying it out during the broadcast. So oh my goodness, okay, yep. so it's already it's already getting really real around here. And that's two weeks from the night, right back here at Dixie Republic. And by the way, folks, like I said, we've been here several times. If you have never seen Dixie Republic, you have got to get here. You've got to get here once. And I know from us running ads over the years, people from all over the world have been here as far down as uh, South America and uh, even maybe even foreign countries like California have been here <laughs> as a result of this. But anyway, Rick, I mean, the thing about it is having events that brings in the community, that's something we 
I don't want to say harp on because harp on has a negative connotation, but that is something that we really, really, really try to impress upon people that what they're doing here is building the parallel society that must exist for our betterment and to enrich our people uh, until this whole thing is sorted out. And by having public events and by just having a hangout where people can come and read and be together and drink coffee and fellowship on any given day, much less when there's big events like a book signing or a remote broadcast or a strong arm competition. What they're doing here and the ability that they have had to foster a sense of community amongst the people here in this area is really one of the most inspirational things I've ever seen in my entire career of covering these things. Well, let me tell you something that that I was told a little bit earlier. Of course, I have great interest in promoting uh, big extravaganza-type meetings where we can bring the luminaries of our movement together. You know, the Kevin McDonald's, the Tom Sunick's, the David Duke's. When we can bring all of these men, these personalities, these stalwart soldiers of, of our movement together. And I mentioned to the owner of this great establishment here that, boy, it'd be great if there was a meeting hall that could seat a couple of hundred people, theater style. He said, we're going to put it right out there. He pointed. Folks, here, here. do you realize if we have, in combination with this already uh, momentous establishment, of this Dixie Republic uh, store and property here, uh, this mercantile operation, uh, James Edwards broadcasting from here. If we have a place where uh, meetings can be held, where there's no danger of cancellation, uh, where the people who are behind this operation are more than up for the task of protecting uh, from the likes of the urchins and the miscreants of Antifa and BLM and these others. Can you imagine what a winning formula we're talking about here? Can you imagine? I mean, I'm excited. What do you think about Rick Tyler? I, I, this guy's a force of nature. If I had his talent, I would have really made something of I myself. Could <laughs> I could listen all night, man. This guy's good. He's a wordsmith. I tell you what, good. if I had your talent, Rick, I would have made something of myself in radio. But I, 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 I knew he was coming. And I said, we got to feature him heavily on this particular broadcast. Anytime I can join forces with Rick, I know we got a slam dunk, can't miss show. I just wanted to say, James, both you and I, though, we do have good faces for radio. That's <laughs> what <laughs> so my parents always said. Uh, you know, the store here means a lot to the community. It's been here for 18 years now, uh, near 20 years almost. And I live in a community right down the road here, and I can see people walking down the street with the same short, uh, shirts that the original owner designed. I see it all the time. And so, so he was here earlier today, too. Yep, he was here, and uh, that's his original artwork. And so the the ripple effect is powerful in this community, and that's what we need. We need a spot for us to, uh, dare I say, a safe space for us to participate and, and, and gather. Well, we're getting messages uh, from all over the country, people saying how much – they would love to be here tonight. And and for people who have not experienced the kind of event and the, the kind of atmosphere that we are all in this evening, what, what are they missing? Uh, you're missing a good time is what you're missing. What we have going on here is special. We have a conglomerate of people, local people in the community that come here, and it's a place that they can come and go and experience – uh, fellowship and take in moralizing content uh, from it one insulates another. Insulates you from from hell. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, that puts it a fine point on it. Right. That it's, it insulates you from the hell 
of what America has become, and it gives you a sense of purpose, a sense of belonging. Uh, it makes you feel good about yourself and makes you feel good about being who you are and standing for what you stand for, and it insulates and reinforces all of that. It is what everybody should experience because no man stands alone. I mean, it's a difficult it's a difficult thing. We need a community. We need a community of men who will hold each other accountable and women who will play their roles and families and growing families, and a lot of people in this community have that. Yeah, and this, this is a, uh, in a, in a world of darkness uh, which cannot comprehend the light. This is the light that divides that darkness. Hey, Rick, he almost got close to what you could have mustered in that no, uh, particular no, no. Well, I love it. I love the, the, uh, the metaphors there and the biblical references. And again, we need to remember that's our foundation. And by the way, I've always loved about James Edwards and the political cesspool, an unabashed, bold stand for Jesus Christ and the gospel. But light is more powerful than darkness. Life is more powerful than death. And truth is more powerful than the lie. And that's the bottom line. And we just have to wield these weapons of our warfare mightily and, and with courage and boldness. And, and we will win. We will. Do you believe that that's why our Confederate ancestors were as hated as we are today, because they stood against that force, Hunter? Yes. Yes, when you understand the, the, uh, the, the philosophical and moral foundations that these men possessed, you know, men like Lee and Stonewall Jackson. I mean, he was just, you know, almost beyond measure in terms of his theological and spiritual aptitude. So, yes, we have huge uh, shoes to try to fill. We're not really, obviously, we're not up to the task. We don't produce men today the likes of, of our forefathers, our great Confederate ancestors. But that's why they were hated, James, because they, they stood boldly, courageously, and, and uh, you know, they could not be, uh, they were undaunted uh, in that stand for truth. We might not can fill their shoes, but we'll do the best we can until God himself calls us home. One more segment to go. Let's hear it, everybody. ITPC family, this is your host, James Edwards. Our friends at American Free Press have a special offer for listeners of this radio program. Subscribe to American Free Press today using coupon code TPC for half off the regular price. AFP is America's last real newspaper. Against all odds, AFP has and continues to publish a populist independent print newspaper with an unparalleled track record. Founded by a dedicated group of experienced patriots, AFP pulls no punches and tackles the most controversial and pressing issues from an America First perspective. Subscribe today for one year at just $29. That's half off the regular price. And receive a free copy of AFP's recently published report on George Soros, a $15 value. Visit AmericanFreePress.net today, coupon code TPC. Subscribe now at AmericanFreePress.net, coupon code TPC. Former Sheriff Richard Mack recounts in his book the proper role of law enforcement, how he came to realize while working as a beat cop how wrong the all-too-common orientation of police officers is when they think of their job as being to write tickets and arrest people. Richard Mack tells of his personal transformation from by-the-number cop to constitution-conscious defender of citizen safety and freedoms. Learn what it really means to serve and protect. Purchase your copy at CSPOA.org. That's CSPOA.org. Do you know what is great about America? Ask an immigrant. 
Ask an Immigrant is a new podcast dedicated to helping Americans, especially our youth, value, appreciate, and be grateful for the freedoms we have here in America. Join host Lydia Wallace-Nuttle as she interviews immigrants from around the world to discover their inspiring personal stories about why they came to America. To learn more about why America is the most prosperous, greatest country in the world, download the Loving Liberty app or go to lovingliberty.net. segment how did it come to this how did we get here how did it go so fast let me get the attention of everybody still assembled here tonight after nearly three hours have y'all had a good time tonight now you know what we got to do i see rich uh, way back at the back what we got to do before the end of the show we got to sing dixie that's what we do when we all get together we're going to do that at the very end of the show and we're going to sing it so loud it's going to Rattle that flagpole in Columbia where our flag came down. Uh, we're going to shake that flagpole. We're going to sing it so loud. But I tell you what, the only thing shaking the flagpole out here is that 20 by 30 Confederate flag, that beautiful Christian cross of St. Andrews that's out there uh, here at Dixie Republic where you can also find Johnny Reb himself. We got Johnny with us right now. In addition to the Southern uh, shop here where you can get T-shirts, knives, souvenirs, flags, Ten signs, I mean, books, you name it. It's all here at Dixie Republic. You go to Johnny Reb's right next door, that's the custom leather workshop. Uh, and, I, and I do mean custom. Yeah, duh. <laughs> that's why the word. Knife and tool sharpening, it's all there. Now, Johnny can do anything with leather. I, you know, I... <laughs> <laughs> Everything but upholstery. <laughs> I'm no bueno. <laughs> you know what I want to, you know the story I want to tell probably, don't you? Go ahead. <laughs> now, well, first of all, let's let us, let's let you tell us the kind of leather work and craftsmanship that you, you provide over at Johnny Ribs Leather and uh, Gun and Knife Shop. Well, generally it's uh, belts, holsters, wallets, purses, things to that effect. But every now and then there's that weird oddball. <laughs> That you do specialty items as well. Uh, yeah, I'll do anything. If you need, if you're, you know, a female and you need a leather undergarment. If you can wrap a cow around it, I will do it. If you need a Cossack whip. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, he's all about, what are you about? You're about leather Steel uh, and yeah, Southern Heritage, right? Yeah, yeah. It's all about Southern Heritage and bringing back the old, uh, the dead arts. Uh, and uh, in all seriousness, that's right. Yeah. Bringing back skills and trades to our men and uh, to our occupations. This is something, I mean, I don't want to say you're the last of the Mohicans, but uh, people need to learn from you because we're going to need people that are undoxable. We're going to need people. Oh, look at this. Hunter's got one of the belts on right here, right now. His is like double row print. He was a real pain in the ass to make that. <laughs> but 
It turned out good. <laughs> it sure does. It looked good. It looked, it looked good for it sure. It was complicated for sure. We need freebooters. We need people who can make a living doing the old trades, doing the old arts, and you're, you're a master craftsman. Everything but a cobbler. I can't resell with you, but everything else, yeah, bring it. How's business? I mean, you've been doing this for a while now. I've been doing this for over 20 years. No, so that's a while. As yeah, long as I've been on radio. Yeah, I'm pretty much a boomer with a needle. <laughs> you don't look like any boomer I know. I mean, do you want to tell them uh, how you're attired tonight? Oh, God. Camouflaged kilt. <laughs> a Jack Henson T-shirt from Dixie Republic. And, Tell uh, us about Jack Henson. Jack Henson, oh, God. I can only hope to aspire to be a pimple on the <laughs> ass of Jack Henson. He was a sniper with a musket. Yeah, a, a sniper with a musket. This man was a legend beyond legends. Carlos Hathcock, eh, he had a Model 70 Winchester in Vietnam. Jack Henson, he did this, was it a 58 caliber? He was a legend. Over 100 kills. Carlos Hathcock, 93 kills. With modern. (laughs) With a scope. Yes, with a Uternel scope in Vietnam. And I'm fixing to get misty. That's all right. No, I tell you what, this will do it. He's a shooter. He was the man. <laughs> the man. So anyhow. The, you know, there's a, lot, there's a lot of forgotten heroes of the Confederacy that we like to make mention of. I, I'll actually let Hunter tell this story. Can you tell us the story of Mance Jolly? Oh. Tell us Mance Jolly. Now, because that's what we say. We say Mance Jolly owns the place, and then we have the Jolly Boys here. But Mance Jolly is another one. I mean, Mance Jolly sought vengeance and uh he was uh, god's instrument of uh, he was uh, highly uh, effective <laughs> <laughs> righteous vengeance that's right righteous vengeance. not like the trans day of vengeance that they were going to have today this is a righteous vengeance yeah um mance jolly was a local hero we have a he was, he was local he was in anderson we have a mance jolly street down here in south carolina and he was a you could call him a Confederate guerrilla. And so he came from home from war and he lost all of his brothers and he came home to military occupation and Negro rule and was extremely uh, oppressed and uh, distraught uh, looking at his homeland. And he decided to take a vengeance out on him. They, uh, for, his brothers. for his brothers. And he, they say that, that that first blood movie, Rambo, was based off of him, his story loosely. Uh, if anybody's seen Rambo. What was the math? He said for each brother.
Hey. Right, hold on right there. Hold on right there. We lost we lost a, a quick connection to the studio. So tell us very quickly the story of the red shirts, uh, which is what we were talking about before we lost connection. You don't have to tell us on the phone. Yeah, the red shirts were a Okay, yeah. The red shirts were a vigilante group in South Carolina. They were the redeemers. They were the ones that uh got us out of the hell that was reconstruction and uh Wade Hampton yielded that bunch during those awful years of reconstruction and uh they saved this state and they could muster men uh it, it, within 24 hours a thousand men or more in, within 24 hours so and they were mostly on horseback and uh that that would be the the story of the red shirts was uh straight up vigilante justice when there is, when there is no other justice uh where could you go but uh but there sometimes johnny take this like a regular phone we're we're going to try to get reconnected to the studio with the mics and i believe i believe we just did actually so uh, okay uh jay i'm going to drop you there and take us back on the mic so johnny a final word to you this segment before we sing dixie if people want custom leather work if they but that's not the only service you provide it's not the only service uh <laughs> Bring your problems. Lead, leather, and steel. Lead, leather, and steel. Bring your problems. We'll remedy. So if people aren't in the local area, they can't bring by their gun. Uh, they can't bring by their knife. They can't bring by their leather needs. Uh, lead, leather, and steel. How can they get in touch with you? How can they send it to you to get custom First, work done on these items? Text me, 864-207-6506. Dox me, bitches. <laughs> Uh, that's why we wanted to close it. Hey, Johnny Rebel! The only Johnny Reb there is. This guy is in boots, a camo kilt, a Jack Henson shirt, NJP hat, and uh, we, you got the... Uh, where are your guns at? Oh, no, yeah, his biceps are his guns, yeah. Although I have seen a few people packing the uh, traditional guns. Come see us at Dixie. We can remedy your problems. We can special order stuff for you. Lynn is very creative on her uh, new press shirts. Paul, he's very creative, very helpful. Just come see Dixie. Have a nice day. DixieRepublic.com. Johnny Rebel, everybody, the one and only. I try to close every show I can here with Johnny. There's none other like him. For everybody that's been a part of the program tonight. Hey, you know, we had a gentleman here. I'm looking at him right now. He shared a story of uh, a Pat Buchanan story with me of when he was on a Delta flight with Pat Buchanan, this guy right here. You know, I got my start with Pat. And uh, anyway, uh, you never know who you're going to run into in South Carolina. So for everybody here, for everybody who's been on the program tonight, let's close out the first show of Confederate History Month with a rousing rendition of Dixie. Hunter. You be the orchestra, you be the maestro. Oh, I wish I was in the land of cotton. Old times there are not forgotten. Look away, look away, look away, Dixieland. In Dixieland where I was born early on the frosty morning. Look away, look away, look away, Dixieland. Oh, I wish I was in Dixie, hooray, hooray, in Dixieland I'll take
take my stand to live and die in Dixie. Away, away, away down south in Dixie. Away, away, away down south in Dixie. We'll talk to you next week, everybody. Good night and God bless. You're listening to Resolution Radio, 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 ResolutionRDO.com.